Everybody, welcome to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes. We have co-host oh, Matt no. Johnson. Okay, we're gonna. I'm getting <laughs> better. I think you guys have. <laughs> we got I'm buttons. Better at it. Buttons. Yeah. <laughs> Look so, at we got Sean's attention over there. Yeah. Because uh, someone ridiculed my delivery when we first launched. They the bashed pod. on him. Yeah. yeah. They're like Matt's delivery sucks. So you, now I Becca, just try. You need it. to help him out, and I was like. I'm can't Tell do those that. people to fuck off. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, we, he's I tried. A, he's an avid listener. We love you, Dave. She got mad at me for saying that. <laughs> I didn't. Dave understands. He gets it. He's in radio. Um, so we have, and then also we have two special guests today. We have Jacob Vince. Hey. Jacob Vince Stanfield. Stansfield. And then we also have Sean Whalen. What? What? The CEO of Lions Not Sheep, which is awesome. Uh, I love your brand. Thank you. I love everything that you stand for. Thank you very much. And... We got connected through my sobbing video <laughs> when I got kicked out of the Lehigh Legacy Center. And Sean actually reached out to me, which I thought was so awesome that you took the time to be like, I mean, you're a busy man. Obviously, we're going to get into everything yeah. that you're doing. But I thought that was really cool that you took the time out to be like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah. that obviously resonated with me. And ever since then, and then I made the connection I was like, oh my gosh, he's the CEO of Lions Not Sheep, which is a badass brand, by the way. And I definitely, I know you have some uh, new stuff coming and a lot of new things that are Lots going on fun stuff. in your company. <laughs> and we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, well, Sean's never standing still. No. I mean, I, I watch his stories. <laughs> when, I, when I am, I'm not. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> no, I, I'm, you know, and I've been uh, stalking you for the last few weeks just to like, you know, get to know you and, and have some questions for you for this podcast. And so definitely um, pretty cool life that you live. Yeah, I at least, agree. At least from an outsider's perspective. It is. Um, Sean, can you, just a brief story of kind of your background and where you came from and what you've been through? Because I connect with people that have gone through the shit and gone mm -hmm. through the dark. And just like what you said, actually, on your podcast, and we're going to talk about that in a minute as well, the Sean and, Sa and Shaq, a Sax show. Sorry, <laughs> not sex. I mean, you guys do There's, talk a lot about sex. Lot of sex. <laughs> I, just, do. I just saw the clip with uh, you and the, the going into the bath or like the, the Turkish, Turkish bath. Turkish bath. Oh God, yeah. It was the so, dongs. It was, I don't we did a Q&A episode and yeah. like one of the questions was like length or girth. And so we were literally talking about that before we started <laughs> and then and you just rolled into i was like fuck it turn the cameras on we're rolling <laughs> it, was really funny. Dude, it was hilarious that was definitely the penis yeah. show that's the latest oh, yeah. episode that you yeah. have right uh we just filmed one yesterday okay it'll be out in a couple days so. okay i'm waiting yeah. for that one we had someone out. with a micro penis on the show yeah we talked really? about it yeah, yeah we can give him uh, your con his contact information if uh, you'd like he's I'll in the pass. uk you can tell you can tell him that you've seen the other side he can seek help somewhere else <laughs> He's like, there's not enough voices for the people that have the micro penises. I know, I, said, I get it. I get it. But it's not. It's all how you use it. And there's other ways of pleasing your woman or man, whatever. But that's a whole other show. Show. So yeah, Sean, <laughs> please <laughs> give us a give us a background of everything that you've gone through. Uh, I we would need hours and okours okay, and hours and hours. Just sum it up. Just sum it up. Uh, I grew up in a single parent home, and I was the kid who was always hustling, always doing the deal. You know, no silver spoon, went through the school of hard knocks, call it what you will. 
Um, found a lot of success really young in life in my 20s, made millions of dollars by the time I was 25 years old, thought I had the world by the balls. The market crashes in 2008. I'm 30-something years old. And I talk in my book about how I felt like I was juggling bowling balls. Uh, without having a dad and anybody around, it was like, you know, when I'm at home, I needed to be at work. When I'm at work and you know, entrepreneurial life, you know, constantly feeling like I needed to be someplace else. The 20-hour days, the quote-unquote grind, the hustle, and eventually I just ended up quit juggling any balls and I dropped everything. I left my marriage. I left my business. Um, I had started a company from scratch that was doing $25 million a year. Wow. And I just literally walked away from everything. And I don't know what a midlife crisis is. Like you can Google it and figure it out, but if it's literally <laughs> sticking your head up your ass and contemplating Sounds, killing yeah. yourself and walking <laughs> yeah. away from your entire life, that's mm -hmm. what I did. Um, and, uh, you know, I spent a year and a half trying to figure out why I was even here. I got really depressed. I was very suicidal and, uh, it was interesting cause I had everything that, uh, the labels of success looked like. I had the houses, the cars, the wife, the kids, money, you know, business. And, and, uh, I had no idea why I was doing any of it. I had no idea who I was. I had no idea like what my purpose was. And, uh, I walked away from all of it and, uh, one night, uh, put a nine millimeter in my mouth and wow. almost blew my brains out and had kind of that cartoonish, you know, the devil on one shoulder yeah. and the angel on the other mm -hmm. and literally was trying to rationalize with myself throughout this night of why I should leave, why I should stay, why my three kids needed me, why it would be better without me, you know, the entire thing. And the next morning I woke up and, uh, I did something that I had not done really in my life ever before. And I asked for help. I reached out for help. There was no, I didn't have an addiction problem. I did this, that, or the other. It was just, I was angry mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to not be angry. And that kind of started me on the journey that I've been on for the last um, 10 years really is, is figuring out why the fuck I'm even here, you know? Qu quick question. So in that moment, what was the final thought that made you not kill yourself? There really wasn't one. I woke up the next morning and I had a bottle of whiskey next to my bed mm -hmm. and I had this Ruger P95 literally on my pillow. And I somehow fell asleep wow. in the middle of the night and whether it was in a drunken stupor or this or that, but God obviously had, he had his hand involved in that and he had a bigger plan mm -hmm. for sure. Cause obviously. I, I wanted, yeah. I wanted the pain to stop. I yeah. wanted to leave. Like that was my full intention was to, to leave and rationalizing and having that conversation was a heavy place and God obviously had a bigger plan. Wow. That's awesome. You filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have, especially in this last year, a lot of businesses have failed. What, how did you come out of that? And like, how, what was your, uh, oh, self-doubt. I mean, you mm -hmm. had to have a lot of self-doubt after oh, that, right? Yeah. So how, how did you, uh, you know, overcome be, that? I'm still working on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no magic pill. There's no one thing, you know, I, being successful at a young age and, and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning, it, it builds up a, a bulletproof reality. And when the market crashed in 2008, one of my companies was literally going bankrupt and the other one was making millions. And so you're walking in and out of bankruptcy hearings and talking to lawyers all day while you're over here making deals and making millions of dollars and people are calling you a fraud and a scam and your, your relationship with your wife is falling apart. And, and it's literally it was chaos. It was just mad chaos. Um, and in going through that, you know, I, I tried to stay it off for years and my lawyers were like, look, man you know, the market crashed. You, you didn't go rack up a $50,000 Nordstrom card that you can't pay for. You have tens of millions yeah. of dollars you've personally guaranteed in real estate deals and developments and, you know, this huge golf course development I was working on in Southern Utah. And he's like, you just, this was, you got, you got caught with your pants down. You bet mm -hmm. at the wrong time. Yeah. 
Um, and it, it took a lot. It was really interesting because one of my first coaches and mentors, um, he helped me through this quite a bit because when you go from being, having everything good, right? When you go from being the leader, the thought leader, I won the awards, it's 30 under 30 and had the plaques and the accolades and all the fancy dinners and bullshit like that. Cause we were doing so well to being labeled a fraud and being labeled a crook and going through this bankruptcy where you're, you're, it's very public. People love to talk about your shit of course they love to talk yeah. about your shit they, you, you know people will talk mm -hmm. for years and years and years and years about donald trump having filed bankruptcy what they don't realize is he's employed hundreds of thousands of people and created like an incredible market stimulation right of course and but even doing that and they want to talk about they that. put a spin on it and turn it right. into a negative which is such bullshit and so yeah. it's really hard That's for me stupid. because you know people say that they don't care about what other people say and at that point in time in life it when you're down, like you do, you listen yeah. to those yeah, things yeah. and you hear that's that all shit you hear. And, you, and it comes and comes and comes. And I'll never forget. Uh, I went from this, believe it or not, my, my ex-wife had Facebook about a year before I did. I thought social media was stupid. And, you know, <laughs> and I thought social you. media guy, right? <laughs> and it was kind of ironic, yeah. but you know, she had social media and, 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 and I wasn't really on social media in sharing the life. It was more of the same thing, mm -hmm. reposting the dumb videos and the send the other. And, and uh, I remember sitting down and talking to one of my coaches and, and he said, look, man, the, the truth is you, you got your ass handed to you, but you had to make the millions to lose the millions. Like you had to flip almost 4,000 properties, which I did in order to, to be in the position that you're in. He's like, what you're failing to realize is that you built this deal. Yeah, you, you lost. Yeah, you got your ass kicked. You went through this bankruptcy, but you had to make those millions to lose those millions. And this is something that's kind of it's stuck with me for years and understanding that, you know, you you make it to the to the to the championship game, but lose and you look at yourself, you made it to the championship game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I made the million to lose the million. This is kind of the funny conversation now as people love to talk about my losses or this, or that or the other. I'm like, well, as soon as you make a million dollars, then you can talk about my 15 that I lost. Yeah. As soon as you become uh -huh. a millionaire, then you can talk about my yep. money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so it took a lot, but that was really the starting point for me is realizing that, yeah, I lost and understanding that that loss, if you will, was a lesson. It's the same thing with my divorce, the same thing with relationships, the same thing with business, with anything, right? Mm -hmm. Realizing like people talk about failure and I truly believe the only time you quote unquote really fail is if you haven't learned something from it. Because yeah, I know for me, my brightest you know, experiences came out of the darkest nights. If you stop and think about your, your biggest lessons that you've learned in life, anybody here, mm -hmm. it's probably come in a really dark period. It made you find yourself a divorce, a bankruptcy, yeah. heartbreak, whatever it is. Like it makes you do something. It causes you to create an action to move out of that place of pain. And if you've done that, like the way that I look at business now and growing multiple companies and making millions of dollars again, it's like I had already been down that path. And I know exactly what that looked like, what it smelled like, what it felt like, and I know how I built myself out of it. And so for me now, it's it's one of those things where you almost really appreciate the the darkness. You appreciate those times that you're the, the shitty days that you have because you know what's coming after that is going to be fucking epic. It's going to be badass. And so for me, it's been this constant evolution of looking at every single thing as a win. From a heartbreak mm -hmm. to a divorce to a bankruptcy to losing a deal to whatever it is, like falling off your skateboard. Okay, what did I do wrong so that I can then make it better to not do that again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What Learn did I do? It. What happened mm -hmm. in this relationship yeah. that hurt me so much that I learned from that was actually a great thing for me 
to then catapult me forward, right? What yeah. did I do in business that I learned my lesson from that, that cost me a business, cost me millions of dollars that I can now make better and move forward with? And mm, so for yeah. me, you know, it, it's constantly looking at life as what did I learn from this? What did it yeah. teach me? Yeah. How am I better mm-hmm. today than it was yesterday? And I think a lot of people struggle with this because they focus so much on the pain or the loss or, you know, what was wrong or the victim mentality, which is even worse, which is this happened to me and this happened to me and they did this to me or he did this to me or she did this to me. You never learn anything. You're mm-hmm. constantly blaming everything on everybody else instead of saying, okay, I was a contributor to this relationship. What did I learn? Where am I now? How do I move forward? And that's kind of the whole premise of my life at this point. I agree with you hundred percent. And a lot of people they see in success is, you know, very objective, but you know, very, very successful people, major, I think majority of them have failed multiple times over and over. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just off the top of my head, Michael Jordan, where he was cut from his JV team, basketball team and look, I mean, a, a legend. Mm-hmm. And we, we forget that that is a process. It's a process of, of failing and figuring out, okay, I got to do this better and then keep climbing, keep climbing. The big thing is, is just not giving up. And yeah. it's exactly what you're, you're doing. You're not giving up and you're moving forward and you're learning from your mistakes or I don't even like calling them mistakes. It's mm-hmm. just challenges, sure. it's right. challenges. And I, I think that's so awesome. Well, you got to learn through the process, but yeah. I've known, let's see, Sean, we were saying that I've known you for about six or seven years now. And I went through my divorce three years ago. And I know that one thing about hanging with you and hearing your voice and your lessons, learning from your life experiences, actually, I've probably never shared this with you, but it was your voice in my head in some of the dark times, you and Satema, you and Satema for sure were like some of the voices that I heard, you know, especially in the dark times where you like, I wanted to kill myself. I thought like my life was falling apart. You know, I was like, I'm losing everything my reputation, everything, my, my business, everything's going to go to, to shit. And I remember like specifically, you know, Satema and you, your voices played in my head to not, not end it, to mm-hmm. not leave, to oh, just wow. like play that's it awesome. through. So, I mean, like that's the thing about like living. And I think that's something that we have learned on social media about sharing your story and how powerful it can be. Cause it can really impact someone's life. Mm-hmm. It can save someone's life because now the, the thing about Sean, what makes Sean so powerful is that in this sense is that his story, his truth, it owns real estate in your mind once you've heard it, mm-hmm. you know, because it is like a bullet to the like head and the, it just has real estate in there. So even in the moments that you, maybe you don't like it, maybe you're going through some shit and you don't like hearing what he says. At some point, it can be extremely valuable when you need it most, when you need to hear the truth and when you need to get out of your own darkness and your own shit, that truth will actually pierce through that shit, you know, and all of the voices that go through your head and so in the darkest time. So it becomes a variable, very valuable lesson to hear your story, to hear it consistently. It's mm-hmm. never, it's never wavered. It's never changed. There's never been like, well, you know, actually this is what really happened or yeah. this, like, you know, yeah. so. No, well said. It's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something that like I've learned from Sean is just that, that real estate that's been in my mind, you know? So that's cool. That's good to hear. I think it often takes major failure and just heartbreak and whatever else to actually not even just get the business lessons and the relationship stuff, but that's what makes you have to face your own shit on a really deep level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like look at what you are doing wrong uh, and just stop blaming everything else for what happened. And I don't know, like I went bankrupt last year. So 
and also had relationship stuff. So like, I don't know, I just had to dig really deep and, and face who I was and you grow <laughs> yeah. so much more mm-hmm. in the take, dark, dark times. When you take ownership, you hear about that and, you know, books have been written, extreme ownership and you hear about that, but like truly understanding that, uh, that came after my divorce and I, and I had this moment where I realized like I was giving her literally all of the power by blaming everything on her. Yep. And it was in that moment where the, the very first post that I put up that went viral, um, I did something and wrote in that post some, I took out the word, but, and you know, there were a lot of things that she did. A lot of things that she said, she had a lot of, she had played a major part in this reality. I continued to say, you know, I said these mean things, but it was because she did, or I did these things that were malicious or hurtful that I knew would hurt, or I pushed these buttons, but it was because she did. And for the first time I just stopped saying, but I'm like, yeah, I was a dick. And that first post that went viral years and years and years ago, it was me saying I was an asshole. A hundred percent. I own all of this. I said mean things. I did mean things. I, I was hurting tremendously. I had a ton of heartache. I had a ton of fear and I owned it all. And it was like the first time where I was, it was incredibly liberating, incredibly liberating. Oh, yeah. And you have people that are like, yeah, you know, I followed you and I know you're ex and you're an asshole. And I agree that you're an asshole. And it's like, cool, man. I, I kind of just said that. You That's know what I mean? Thank you. Great, great, great. Go ahead. Right. Awesome. You're agreeing with but me. But <laughs> I, I think the reason that, that post went viral uh-huh. um, is because not only of the story, you know, you see this macho man, the alpha man, like owning his shit, but it was the fact that it's so foreign to people. Like we, we're constantly blaming the government or our ex or this or the weather or the market or the up or the down or my dog. We're bl- we blame everything on, on everything yep. because ownership is really, really, really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like standing in front of the class naked. Once you know what you're playing with, this is the game, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you take away that power, you, you really you bring it back home, if you will. And so for me, understanding that my business is – you know, it's it's really hard for people to wrap their head around this. Sometimes they, they say I'm egotistical, narcissist, all of these labels that are really easy for uneducated and immature people yep. to throw around mm-hmm. for them to look at that and say that. But, you know, I built my business. You know, you're worth. And I learned I learned these lessons mm-hmm. and I did right. this like, you know, I built the body. I built the bank account. I built the relationship to my wife that I now have. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you really understand that every single thing you're in complete control of mm-hmm. right like it changes the entire game it changes the entire mentality and so many people listening to this will say but 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 and, and it's so <laughs> easy to do that and i did it for a lot of my life for most of my life we all have yeah. i yeah. did it for most of my life and i can say like one of the major pivotal points for me in changing my life over the last couple of years is owning all of it mm-hmm. it's very owning attractive it. too when someone owns their shit mm-hmm. you yeah. Yeah. When you, when you, it really is. Well, I was. He's married. No, stop it. I'm right here. No. No, but, 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 but think about that. Like, it's, it's true, though. It's true, it's though. Very, it's true. It when, is. And we've all dated, right? I've been dating for a couple yeah. of years and, and dating. There's nothing more, I don't want to say embarrassing. When you sit down with somebody and you're having a conversation and all they're talking about is their ex how big of an asshole he is or how big of a bitch she was or this or this or this or this. And you're like, I'm sitting here trying to connect with you. Mm -hmm. 
we're trying to build something because that's why we're on a date, right? Yeah. Like, right. Whether we've already acknowledged we want to just be fuck buddies and that's great, or we actually want to build something, and you're sitting here just pouring out this victim story to me. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is, and we don't have to turn this into a dating show, but <laughs> we see a lot of the same things in <laughs> dating true. circles and going yeah. and yeah. going and going and going. Why? We meet somebody, we're infatuated, we date for a couple months, and then that first big thing shows up and we both run and oh there you are you're just like my ex you're just like my ex and the whole thing but when you stop and like own who you really mm-hmm. fucking are mm-hmm. and plant a flag in the ground and be like yeah dude i i have a ton of insecurities i have a ton of fears right I, somebody asked me that on a podcast the other day do you have insecurities and i have a ton i have well, a ton uh, of insecurities and yeah. people don't see that they're like oh well, you're the guy who has the thing because i own all of that shit i own it mm-hmm. and and i have as much contributing knowledge to my relationships as my lover does to to the to the business any of these things and so it's a really fascinating thing in life to see right now how many people are so addicted and so attached to some sort of victim story yeah and i'm here because of her him market this that, and the other and it's truly it's 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 attractive as shit when yes. you step up and say well, well you know, and where have you been way, now not physically like, well, right you know, here just, yeah it's right. it's a cool you know? thing to it's see a cool energy to, it's yeah it's refreshing yeah and i i'm not one. a big you know obviously i don't think a lot of people are big on negative negativity but there's some people that actually do crave that subconsciously mm-hmm. well and, yeah. and the reason that it's so detrimental in dating is because you i was in a relationship for about eight years and we were the perfect trauma bond and if you've ever studied trauma bonding mm-hmm. we literally were in like the darkest parts of our lives when we met she was going through a divorce i was recently divorced more pain than you could ever and here we are like literally bonding together over trauma like you're mm-hmm. my ex is a dick oh my god are you serious so is mine we're in love like this <laughs> yeah, is the greatest yeah. thing ever and you bond literally over trauma so yeah, imagine yeah. sitting with someone at dinner on a date and you're you're just comparing victim stories and you're like yeah. we have so much in common well if you have in common trauma you all need to fucking take a step back from this <laughs> yeah, dating world and get yeah. your shit right you know what i mean yeah. but like it, it's the same thing in business you see people start a business and then they run through the same racket and have the same experience that they have with their last failed business or the previous failed business or the mar- the da, 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 da. and it's this crazy cycle and and really we've been programmed this way and we don't have to go down this rabbit hole too much further but like we literally have been programmed since we were children to to be victims to be mm-hmm. liars yeah. since we were little children and so here we are grown-ups now like living this same reality wondering why we don't like our lives why we're yeah. frustrated why more men are killing themselves than ever before why relationships are falling apart all this other stuff it's it's a really fascinating experience well yeah. i was listening to i think this was episode two of the sean and sax uh show mm-hmm. And I really liked the fact you guys were talking, obviously relationships. And she said something that she got a message from some woman. Mm -hmm. Like when you got, I don't know if it was when you guys were first dating. I can't remember, but she got this message and Mm -hmm. like this woman sent her a bunch of screenshots of you and hers conversation. And you automatically thought, oh my gosh, she's going to lose it on me Mm -hmm. because you're used to that. It was like a trigger for you. And she didn't, Mm -hmm. she was a mature adult. And yep. you guys handled it. And I thought that was so awesome. I thought because we we bring, you know, we have these triggers that we bring in from our old relationships and we just assume yep. that other person's going to be the same. Or or they'll say something that shows up the same way. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. they like the same restaurant or they, they have a habit or a mannerism that reminds us of our ex. I mean, you know, the, my, my ex that I was with for years was beautiful, blonde and I'm married to a beautiful blonde and Mm -hmm. there's so many similarities like they're beautiful and they're this and there's things and whatever and there's so many stories in my mind 
And, you know, when you rewrite this shit and, and she's taking complete ownership of her life, which is really where our relationship took off mm-hmm. is when we first dated, we dated for a couple of months and then she dumped me, told me to piss off because it was like two magnets, like pushing against <laughs> yeah, each yeah, other yeah. when all we had to do was flip them around. And now it's just like, we we're instantly sucked back together. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that was the biggest thing that we both did is we both took total ownership. Like we were in the dating thing and playing the game and she was dating people and I was dating people and I was playing small and she was playing small and both subconsciously knew like, this isn't the game that we want to be playing and so when she dumped me, like we kind of both went on our journeys and continued to kind of meander in that yeah, easy world, yeah. but knowing there's another level to this game. And so when we circled back around, no pun intended, circle back. we circled back around <laughs> and, and we went back out, you know, the second time, uh-huh. that was the difference is that we both were like, let's play this game. And, and yeah, she, she, she decided to be all in before me. And which was exactly how it was supposed to be because she was supposed to be my teacher in this. And, and then that moment, that was what rewrote the story for me is I was accustomed to a certain mm-hmm. pattern in relationships and she shows up completely different. I was like, I had a choice. Like I can pretend that you're completely full of shit. Just telling me what I want to hear yep, right now. Yep. Or this, this avatar that I've built of the woman that I want to be with is literally sitting right in front of me. I'm going to trust you that this is real. And so I chose to trust her and, it changed the entire game for us. You know, oh, that's that's, awesome. that's an interesting fact, how she did say she committed before you mm-hmm. did. And I, I was thinking about that and I was like, I don't know if I could. And I don't remember like if, I feel like you and I kind of committed the same time, but I don't know if I could commit to someone knowing that they're not committed to me. Like Why? that, I, I don't know. I, I think I would have a hard time, but listening to her and like just kind of how she explained things, it made sense. But that's, that that says that speaks volumes. It does, and that's the reason I obviously asked her to marry me. See, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, he, she taught me a lesson in this, and uh-huh. I have a really, really dear friend, my buddy Ryan Stuman. He and his wife came and spoke at my last event, um, and she said something that stuck with me, and it stuck with Saxony as well. And we talk about it a lot. She's like, "I'm a faithful woman. I'm not faithful to Ryan because I'm married to Ryan, or because Ryan's not cheating on me. I'm a faithful woman." That has nothing to do with Ryan. What Ryan chooses to do, Ryan chooses to do. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, fuck, dude, that's next level shit. Yeah. Because most people like think about dating, right? You sit down with somebody and when I feel safe with you, then I'll give you everything. When you, when you, when you show me that I can be safe, then I'll give you everything. But what am I showing up with? Walls and all. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep all of my shit in here until you prove to me that you're worthy of my darkness, my depth, my whole thing, which how the fuck am I even going to know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you talk about like, you know, what you just said, like Saxony literally was in her own world doing her own thing. And she's been super open about this on our podcast. She's like, I realized that this isn't what I wanted. I didn't know where you were going to be. I didn't know what you wanted. I knew that we were vibing and the more we hung out, the more energy was there, more connection. God was talking like, yo, and, and it was happening for me as well. As I continue to kind of play small, it was like, dude, I don't know that I want to play small anymore. I'm not enjoying being with these other women. I'm enjoying being with her. Mm-hmm. And it was me learning and expanding and growing and feeling. And she made that decision, not because of me, not because of me. She's like, I don't want to spread myself out energetically. Like, I want to be with you. And where you go, what you do is not up to you, up, up to me, which says so fucking much. Oh, man. yeah. Because when you really secure. think about that, when you really think mm-hmm. about what you just said, I don't know if I could. What you're waiting for 
is someone else to tell you, okay, go. Yeah. That mentality of saying, well, I don't know that I could go first. You're, you're, it's conditional. And it think is. about dating. Yeah. Think about how, I mean, we were all kind of the same age groupish, dating, same pool, same people, same fucking bumbles and tinders and the whole thing. But when <laughs> you really pool. stop and think about it, it's it's true, yeah, man. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. true. true. Like, let's call it what it really is in Utah. Yeah, it's just true. a fucking kiddie pool of fucking <laughs> insecurity and madness, right? It's, yeah. Yep. Ugh, hell, it's a that's giant it kiddie is. pool, though. But, but <laughs> here's what's interesting. You sit down with somebody, right? And you're wanting to build. I want I want to connect with you. I like you. You're pretty. We vibe. We like the same things. And at some point in time, I'll choose to then give you the darkness, the things, the this, the this, the this, right? Mm -hmm. And when you stop and think about that, that's the reason that we're not winning. That's the reason that we're not connecting as couples because what happens? I'm going to continue to hold on to this stuff and I'm not going to give you me. I'm not going to give you all of me. I'm going to wait for you to somehow do something, Show say something that I'm, for then yeah. me to do those yeah. things. And then what happens is something big comes up, a trigger. I don't know your triggers. If mm -hmm. we've been hanging out, getting coffee, we start dating, we sleep together, we vibe. We're like, okay, we're hanging out a lot more and a lot more and a lot more. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm only getting 1% of you. I'm getting all the, the fun, flashy, gizmo, easy, mm -hmm. touchy-feely shit that we get in relationships. Then something happens. I say something that triggers, something happens with this, and all of a sudden, everything falls apart. Why? Because I don't fucking even know you. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten anything from you. I haven't gotten the depth and the connection and the fears and the things. And so when you go down that rabbit hole, I'm like, what the fuck, man? You looking yeah, at me yeah. like your ex. And so it's this insane reality that I have found in business, like like having gone through a bankruptcy, you know, growing my apparel brand, I've had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a you know, inventory and, and growing. And there's a lot of fear in that, right? When you of lose course. millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so that moment for me with Saxony was really powerful because it, it, it showed me something that I needed to then make this jump. Mm -hmm. And in that moment when she showed up completely different and showed me something that I had wished and wanted in a woman had envisioned and literally visioned in a woman, she shows it to me. I was like, Okay. You're either really fucking good and totally full of shit or that was gangster level yeah. stuff. And yeah. in that moment, that was truly the pivotal point of our relationship and, and choosing. But yeah, it's yeah. not when, what Amy talks about and, and what Saxony has shown me is it's like, I, I'm not faithful because you're faithful. I'm faithful because I'm faithful. It's a choice, if you go right? cheat and we see this, right? It's, right? it's always like, well, conditional. I'll go all in when you're all in. Yeah. Or yeah. I'll give you everything once you give me everything. And mm -hmm. it's this insane cycle, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Someone cheats and then you run out and cheat and you do this and now you go out and it's this Playing conditional game, but, yeah. game of, of experience where, you know, when I'm listening to her say that, she's like, I am a faithful woman. Whatever he does, he does. But that doesn't make me anything different. Right. And, she's a and, smart woman. And when Saxony was like, I'm all in with you. And what that means is I'm not going to date anybody else. I... I'm not your boss. I'm not your mom. You can do whatever you want. And I heard that. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Thanks. Like, you know, let's go watch a movie night. And because it, it was scary for me. It was yeah. like, I was not there. Right. And and she made that choice regardless of whatever I was going to do. And me seeing that, though, and experiencing that, that was like where I was sitting back going, okay. Right. It's <laughs> Wait almost, a minute. It's almost like she said, I'm owning my shit. You get to own your shit. Yeah. You know? And so that's like, I'm going to be where I'm going to be, and you're going right. to do whatever you're going to mm -hmm. do, but I just want you to know where I am. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. She's her own person. 100%. Just right. as you should be. Yeah, yeah. And she's also into astrology. 
right? Big time. Yeah, that's why. Crystals, astrology. Oh, pull them out. Where is pull she? Them out. I don't have, oh no, I have crystals you, in my pocket I, right now. I just uh, see. She has crystals fucking everywhere. Okay, I wish she's going to be on the show next time because I, I mean, not that we, we already love you, Sean, but yeah. I really want to talk to her yeah. too. She, she's next level, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I think that's like, it shows a healthy relationship too because it's independent. It's not codependent anymore. Yep. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what a lot of people struggle to establish because of the social norms, social norms is like codependent. Like that's what everyone's being taught right now mm -hmm. is how to be codependent, how to be fair, you yep. know? And well, we've been raised, we've been raised to lie. Right. Realistically, all of us have ever since we were little kids, sit down, quiet down, slow down. You know, this is what normal looks like. This is what success looks like. Right. Don't say anything that's going to offend anybody else. Okay, cool. You're a little kid and that you're programmed that. And then you have that programmed in your mind in religion if you if you're religious if you go to church and then school and then parents right and so you're programmed that this is what it looks like feels like smells like and as you get older it's like you're just conditioned to what this is supposed to be yeah yeah and so as you're dating as you're experiencing this that this is what it's supposed to look like and feel like and i i know because i went through that in a marriage and then a, mm. a, a relationship uh uh, after my marriage and and it was without question that way like well i'll give you when you give me or you know that was great and it's this game of expectations versus this is who the fuck i am this yeah. is what i want this is what i do and i'm just going to continue to do that and if you want to jump on the on the train and jump on the train yep. and mm -hmm. it's really 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 next level relationship conversation all right were you raised well I, <laughs> are you raising your hand yeah well this, this is week? it's the best way uh, okay. so i don't talk sure. over them <laughs> Maybe i've just never seen you do that in our show like, well i've so never been kidding. with someone that talks as much as me <laughs> i love it sean i'm not making fun of you um are you from utah no okay so you weren't i mean not that you had to be from utah i'm not from utah i'm from oregon but uh are what religion are you are you a religion? i was born and raised catholic i was okay. catholic for 16 years and joined the mormon church Served Mormon mission. Wow. Married in the temple and did the whole deal. Okay. So are you still LDS? Um, they haven't kicked me out yet. I, mean, <laughs> I, I haven't got the termination notice, but I guess te technically I am sure. But I don't go to church anymore. Do I you believe in that religion? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that, that religion is a beautiful thing for the people that need it. I think that religion is absolutely a, a, a really phenomenal thing. We can talk about politics and business and all these other things, but I think religion in its deepest desire is a good thing for people. Um, after my divorce, I just I started journeying and, and looking at like, what else is there? You know what I mean? I didn't want to be this one dimensional figure. I wanted mm -hmm. to learn more. And I started asking more questions and expanding more. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we joke about it a lot. It's really funny because I was literally talking about this on a podcast the other day, like, you know, the whole Joseph Smith story, right? Joseph Smith mm -hmm. said he saw God. He goes in the woods, he prays and he saw God, yeah. right? And people say that he's crazy. They label him crazy. Mm -hmm. But if, if if I came to you right now and was like, dude, I talked to God on the way over here. Most people would be like, you're crazy. Where I'm, I'm different. I'd be like, are you fucking serious? Like, where is he? Like, is he still here? Oh, let's talk to him. I want to talk to him. Right? <laughs> like, tell me more. I have so many questions. Yeah, like, yeah, let's right? do this. And when you think about it, like, I just uh -huh. started expanding my mindset around religion to like, perhaps it's not religion. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. more spiritual than I've ever been in my entire life. I totally believe in God, but I just, religion isn't a part of my life right now but it's phenomenal right. for the people that that, that need that it need it that's a great way of putting it yeah okay oh i was curious a lot of people fall away especially here uh -huh. in utah and then they curse the church and they're angry at the church and they're angry at all the, and they're not angry at the church they just don't know what the fuck they're talking about yeah they haven't gone on their own journey they haven't figured out their own stuff they haven't mm -hmm. established their own testimony they haven't done mm -hmm. you know whatever whatever and it's understandable why people get upset right yeah. and i just wasn't one of those guys i just was like i want to i want to learn more i want to know more 
And so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's great. Hey, I have a, obviously I was creeping on your Instagram and all that, but <laughs> I'm a creeper. Uh, were you, were you into boxing? Do you have a boxing career? Like what, what's up with that? I feel like I saw a picture of you Lee's with some career, gloves on. I love career lightly. No, I, I uh, my, my buddy opened up a, a gym in Orem uh-huh. years ago, Throwdown, and it was an MMA gym. And, uh, my Gold's Gym membership had just expired and I was going over there when they opened up and he's like, dude, just come over here. And I don't have any boxing experience, history, wrestling, none of that when I was a kid. And uh, I went over there one night and they had smoker bouts, which are basically like amateur fights. And uh, I have had my fair share of scuffles since I was a little kid. You know, I'm an Irishman and Irish people love to drink and we love to fight. Long story short, I uh-huh. ended up having this uh, amateur fight there and kicked the shit out of this kid and I fell in love with it. So I started learning. <laughs> I started like studying and That's doing awesome. jujitsu okay. and Muay Thai and boxing. Uh-huh. And so yeah, I've had uh, five MMA fights. That's awesome. Wow. Do you have any yeah. coming up? No. No. Are you, are you still, you're still training though, right? You're I, probably- I train all the time. Okay. I, mean, I'm, I stay in shape and whatever, but I, mm-hmm. my last fight was in 2000. Uh, oh no, sorry. 2017, I think. 2018 was my last fight. Okay. So I've fought in a couple years. But you're gonna let us know though when you have a, oh, a, another fight. Know, trust me. Yeah. I want yeah. front and center. I kind of want to do it again. It's been in the back of my mind. Let's uh, do you it. Talk about it a few know, times. Oh my gosh. It's been itching. I'm not so. a big fan didn't, of didn't the boxing. Did you call out like one of the Paul guys one time, like Logan Paul or Jake Paul? No, no. Actually, I got I had a buddy connect us. And, oh really? Uh, I've been like looking at maybe going down and sparring with those guys, which would be really That'd cool. That'd be badass. Yeah. That's cool. So I love it. I love fighting. Fighting and is a is a really exciting fun thing should be part of every yeah. should be part of every man's life in i my mean opinion. I, I never mm-hmm. got obviously into it <laughs> but i well i've never really met a fighter you should go but i would i would classes. go watch you sean mm-hmm. just because i know you now yeah. i feel like i'm you knowing, getting to know you it's fun yeah i think if i know the person that's fighting i would like be more willing to watch yeah. i don't know yeah but they're fun. They're entertaining. Um, yeah. Okay. Another question. I have so many questions for you. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so you have a morning routine that I've noticed mm-hmm. that you go out on your deck, butt naked, and I think are they rainbow Crocs? Is that what you wear? I have a couple different pairs of Crocs. Different tie dye. Yeah. Yeah. Tie dye. It's the tie dye ones. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm really. I don't know. I'm. I'm debating if I should buy a pair. I'm into the Birkenstocks, mm-hmm. the lesbian sandals. Um, but you like them. I like. I love them. I, well, everybody Post Malone that, wears them. Posty wears yeah. them. Everybody that I've talked to that mm-hmm. has mocked me, then bought them. They're like, I oh, now I see why you wear well, these. I used to, they're I'm, fucking great. I used. I mean, they're great. Do, okay. Do, question: Do you have the little things that go in the holes? No. <laughs> you would you ever add them? No. Well, shit. If you got a cool one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, why not? So tell me about this morning routine that you do. You go out on the on your deck, butt ass naked. Like, what is it? If what does I'm that naked, do for sure. you? I, I mean, oh, so it's not you're not always naked. You just go out there. Sometimes I get shorts on. The kids are in the house. I'll sleep with shorts on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. But mm-hmm. I'm typically sleeping naked with my girl. And uh, for me, that that I've posted about that. And I obviously have a morning routine that I talk about in my book and mm-hmm. with studying, working out, going to the gym, and, and everything. But um, you know, I I I grew up praying, and and you know, you're Catholic, you learn the Lord's Prayer and Mormon, you know, these different things. And I realized like on my mission that it was a lot of my conversation was kind of one sided. It was just me constantly talking, telling God what I needed, negotiating with God. Look, God, I, I really need this deal, man. I promise you I'll be good. Like, give me this deal. And, it, and it's just, you're sitting there trying to negotiate with God. Yeah. And I found uh, a number of years ago that God's going to do what God's going to do. 
regardless of what I say. And so when I wake up in the morning, um, one of the very first things I do is I walk outside and, and it's just more, it's gratitude. I mean, I woke up, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people say, how do you stay positive? What do you do? What's your morning routine? Like there are people that didn't wake up today, mm-hmm. not because they killed themselves, not because they OD. They just didn't. They mm-hmm. had a brain aneurysm. They had a fucking heart attack. Guys yeah. my age, 40, I'm 42 years old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They didn't wake up. They had plans today. They had date night with their woman. They had they were going to do school lunch with the kids, whatever, mm-hmm. and they just didn't yeah. fucking wake up. And yeah. so through a lot of my my journey over the last couple of years and, and breaking everything down, I, I've chosen to break down life to the simplest denominator. Cause to me it works easier that way. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the smartest fella. I like simplicity. And the fact that I woke up brings me a ton of fucking oh, joy yeah, yeah. definitely and so for me walking outside and and you know talking to god i mean i literally my prayers put the people in front of me that mm-hmm. you need me to see and put the words in my mouth that you need me to <laughs> speak it. and that's yeah. it and so and you gotta listen i start too. my day with gratitude yeah and i found that it's changed the direction of my days it's changed the direction of my life because mm-hmm. when you yeah i have a lot of shitty days I have shitty days all the time but i have gotten myself to a place now where i realize like if i just stop and look I'll just pull my car over and and just look at the mountains or the sun or the snow or something like that. And like I've I've found more and more and more that when I bring things to just simple appreciation of literally what's right fucking in front of me, I find the most joy. Awesome. And and to me, starting every single day with like fuck yeah, I'm alive. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I woke up, I mm-hmm. won. I literally mm-hmm. won today. Yeah. I've already won, yeah. and I'm starting my day winning. And it's a fun thing. I think most people would be surprised to hear that because I think most people who think or know you and see you, they think super fast paced life mm-hmm. nonstop. But like what you're saying is like you do take moments to slow down to appreciate. Oh, yeah. And I don't think like, I think that's like one thing that makes you who you are to do what you do and the, the quality and capability that you have to do it is because you take those moments. You yeah. Know? Well, my question is, I don't even know if I've ever asked you, how old were you when you went through your divorce and you went through all of that? Um, it's like 30, 30. Okay. Yeah, 30, 31. Okay. When was, when 40, was your bankruptcy? 42 now that was 2011, 2011, 2012 was when I went through my bankruptcy and divorce. Yeah. It was around the same time then? Yes. Yeah, so that's what? 10 years ago? 10 years? Yeah. yeah. So it was 30, 31. Okay. Yeah. The, the reason I ask is cause I was, you know, I was 30, I was 31 too. And so mm-hmm. I was asked, I was during my time, I started to ask myself, I, you know, is that you know, for some reason, I feel like that's kind of a range where life can really pivot really mm-hmm. hard for people. Um, and so I was trying to, I was trying to see like, you. you know, like I wonder how old Sean was and just kind of like going down the life path. I kind of feel like when I first started coaching, I didn't know shit. You know, I was basically just copying what I heard. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been through the experience, mm-hmm. you know? And then when I went through the experience, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Oh, now I get what they're all talking about. I get yeah. what Satema, I get what Sean's are all talking about when they talk about the darkness and like being being able to confront it. Because if you don't confront that shit during it, you'll it will haunt you. Mm-hmm. You'll, you you can't outrun it. Hundred percent. You know, and that's one thing that I think allowed me to go through it even faster is because I had both of you in my ear and you know as people in my life and influences to be able to say just confront this shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what the fuck did you do and own that shit? Yeah. Well, you know? most people surround themselves with people that validate their story. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when, when you see this, especially on social media, you see a guy talking about how his ex is a raging lunatic and then what happens? Like everybody's like 
feeding that fire or a girl's like, Oh, he wronged me and he was so bad and he was so this. And it's like, well, you know, do you think it was maybe you had some contributing factor that you were sleeping with half the town too? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that might also be part of why uh-huh. your life fucking sucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we surround ourselves with people that validate our story and mm-hmm. you see this over and over and over and over in life, which is why you constantly hear me talking about your circle of influence and who you hang out with. Yep. You have complete control over that sure. period. You have complete control who shows up on your social media. You have complete control who you follow. If there's some asshole that just is constantly negative and they're showing up on your feed, you're bringing them into your life. Yeah, You're literally you're allowing, allowing them into your life. Don't fucking complain one time. If you're with yep. someone that is toxic and you're toxic, you are allowing that to happen. You are right. literally, you're approving that. You're desiring that. You're bringing that into your space. And so, yeah, for me, man, it was just understanding that... Uh, Changing the environment, changing the the, the people yeah. that I was around is, is so fucking crucial, man. Right. And I think like one of the like best moments in through my divorce and healing moments was when I just confronted my ex and I said, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I own it. Like it's my fault. I'm owning it. And that was like the, the best moment for me to really like just admit it and like be able to heal like myself to be mm-hmm. like man, like I fucked up. Like I was just scared and insecure because I didn't want to ever seem like I could fuck up. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be the man, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when I was able to confront her and just say, I fucked up, Mm -hmm. I didn't show up. Like I needed to show up and this is how I was showing up and I was being a dick. You know, that she's like, it's about time. You told mm, me. I know. Right. Well, it's funny. She laughs. She's like, I know I've been saying that. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like and you know. haven't been listening. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, and then, you know, now what? Mm-hmm. Right. That's exactly. The cool part. Now what? Now what exactly. do I do? Do I go back to the same type of person? Do I go back to the same type of reality or do I level up? Do I change my game? Yep. You know, exactly. we have a question for you, Sean. Okay. Shoot. So you now have five kids. You yes. just recently got married. Congratulations, by the way. Two weeks ago. Wow. Crazy, huh? Fresh. Fresh. Newbie. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have three kids just with you, and then she also has two kids. Correct. So a total of five now. And this is a question from a listener. It was Emmy Anderson. She lives in Oregon right now. So Oregon obviously is crazy lockdowns. You can't even go to a restaurant. It's insane. So with everything obviously going in the world right now, the suicide rate is at the highest it's ever been. Uh, she she asked, how do you keep your children from drowning in stress and depression felt by everyone this year? She has eight kids. Mm-hmm. Four of them are teenagers. What advice would you give them? Or what do you do for your kids? Um, it's a good question. It's a it's a incredibly powerful question. Yeah. Um, I don't rely on the school system, the media, friends, social media, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. To raise my kids period like yeah. what they believe how they believe it is is 150 percent up to me and if if you know we we you hear people talking about well my kids are over here my kids are over there like if you're the parent you're the grown-up you're the adult and i firmly 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 believe that uh me as a father it's it's building the environment it's creating the relationships that i have with my kids i have great relationships with my kids I date them regularly. I give guys night with my sons regularly. And this isn't just because of COVID or the last 15 minutes. Anybody that's been following me knows this is how I've been as a father, Mm -hmm. you know, for the last 12 years. Um, I take my daughter out almost weekly on daddy daughter dates. And so for me, you know, we're all in a space, right? We're all in this environment of lockdown. I mean, my 
personal life has been altered in the sense I love going out. I love taking my my, my girl out. Date night, we go to different restaurants. Yeah. As a restaurant owner, I like to patronize other restaurants and support business and half of them, 90% of them won't even let me in the front the front door. So Same my here. life has yeah. been altered yeah. too. It sucks. But I have two choices. I can, I can blame my depression, my darkness, my sadness on someone else or a quote unquote disease or a government or a restaurant owner that won't let me in or I can choose to dictate my reality. And so as a father, you know, it's my job to not only one, get my head right and have me standing on my own two feet, ensure that I'm showing up mm-hmm. for me. You know what I mean? Like it, I want my kids to see that my their dad can fucking battle through anything. And if I'm getting my ass beat and I'm crawling up in a ball on the couch, blaming the world for everything, don't be surprised that your kids do the same fucking thing. Of right? course, yeah. So for me, it's leadership. For me, it's showing up. It's creating a different reality. It's creating a different environment. If all the restaurants are closed, why are you depressed? Go fucking build something else. Go create something different. Learn to cook. Bring things into your home. Like There's so many things that people have, have attached this depression and darkness and all this other shit to that is you know, it's really telling of human beings of how little accountability we have. Yeah. And, and having five kids, it's, you know, I I can still go shooting. Even if the shooting ranges are closed, I go outside, you know, we can still have these, these experiences where we can go out and go to different places and do different things. It's just different. And so for me, it's, it's the, the ability to pivot and adjust as a parent, Mm -hmm. knowing that the kids are, and I told my kids with the whole mask thing, it's up to you. It's completely up to you. I mean, I haven't put a mask on my face one time, not once, not on an airplane, nowhere. But I told my kids, I said, look, like, you know how I feel. You have the ability to do what you want. I'm not going to tell you don't wear a mask. If you want to go to school and be with your friends and they're they're allowing that, if if you wear a mask, I'm going to let you choose that. It's up to you. And they did. And and I'm totally fine with that. And some of their teachers enforce it. Some of them don't, the whole thing. But I truly believe that, that the state of my family boils down to me and where I am and my ability to lead and my ability to shine a light. And this goes for a single mom, single mom, single dad, parents, doesn't fucking matter where you are in life. You have that responsibility to chart that course and to steer that ship. And if a storm's coming, pivot, move, go a different direction, chart a different course, find a different way to do something. Never, 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 never blame like your kid's depression on a cell phone or TikTok or Instagram. That's on you. Mm-hmm. it's far 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 bigger yeah. if your kid's depressed because they can't go to school i get that then fucking create a school go get the the, the kids whose parents aren't total whack jobs and aren't all masked up find them go knock mm-hmm. on the doors mm-hmm. be like bring your kids over bring your kids over play dates. i mean we're doing yeah. um, my daughter she's a senior and supposedly they've canceled prom they're not going to have a prom oh my and gosh. so i'm literally i have a massive warehouse that is going to become home for prom and i'm literally going to invite every single kid and i don't know when you'll post this or whatever whatever but that we're going to hold prom (laughs) i'm going to host my own prom and the kids who want to come can come and the parents don't and the government wants to show up good luck but to me i'm like i'm I'm going to create that i'm not going to allow these fucking politicians to dictate whether or not my daughter has senior prom i'll create senior prom and that's just how i believe life i love that and it wasn't just because of covid that i have this stance is i believe this is a father period Mm -hmm. yeah if your kids are struggling create something get into their world know them enough to be able to fucking go do something with them build something new create a different path Mm -hmm. that you know you're 
in charge of. Well, that's what I was telling you a couple of weeks ago when we're talking about politics. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's one thing to do something about it. And that's like that's where I stand is like do something about it. This doesn't really it's not really in my best efforts to just talk if I'm not going to do anything. It's just a lie at that point. And so that's what I love about what you share. And one thing about like parenting and things like that, the the most powerful thing in this is learning to be someone that can be in their ear to help them with their beliefs, walk them through their beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's Empower. your job, man. It is. I mean, yeah. look, sure. that's your job as a parent. It is. We ha- we're having these conversations around little kids being able to cut their dicks off and change their gender <laughs> and all this bullshit. Fuck off, man. Yeah. This is my kid. Like, you're a parent, period. You're, you're yep. responsible for that child until they're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. They want to cut their dick off at 18, go let them cut their dick off, right? Yeah. But, like, sure. step the fuck up as a parent. It's your right. job to parent. It ain't the government mm-hmm. or a school or a, a grandma or a grandpa yep. or a church. It's your fucking child. It's your job to lead that child. It's your job to establish the rules and the doctrine of our home within our four walls. It's yeah, just for sure. how, how yeah. I have always looked at it, and it will never that will never change. You can, you can protest, and you can put up fucking picket signs and you can do whatever you want. That will never change in my book, period. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's what you just, this is your home. You teach them what you want them to learn Mm -hmm. in your home. And then going back to what you said, Matt, is yeah, you, for me, I like to put it out there that I don't wear masks Mm -hmm. because I am being that example to everybody and I am doing the best that I can is having people gather at my house and, you know, cooking at my house. Cause I, just like Sean, I love yeah. going out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love getting dressed up. I love going to the restaurants. I find the restaurants that aren't mass Nazis right. and it's okay. If they have a mass sign, they shouldn't harass me when I walk into the restaurants and I let people know which restaurants that I approve mm-hmm. that I like. We got, yeah. cut <laughs> out of, we got kicked out of Buffalo wild wings. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking comply with the mask thing. Yeah. Uh, real quick though. You did say that you don't even wear them on a plane. Mm-mm. How do you get, how do you, how? So Delta has a, uh, a, a, a medical clearance. You go okay. talk to, to the teledoc. So literally when you're checking in, you're going up to Delta, you tell them I have a medical condition. I need to talk to the doctor. And they literally have an on-call doctor that they pick up the phone. They call, you talk to the doctor, you walk them through your, you know, your scenario, so on and so forth. Okay. And then they either clear you or they don't. And so, you know, I grew up with acute asthma and I, the last flight I took, I told the doc, I said, you will one of two choices, you know, clear me to fly and I'll be fine or make me wear a mask. I'll have an asthma attack on the plane and you'll be forced to create an emergency landing. So you choose. I love it. And I haven't flown with a mask since. That's awesome. So. You went around there's and you a way, There's a way for everything, you man. Like, yeah. there, I, I started I started flying. I'm, I'm getting mm-hmm. my pilot's license because I realized, awesome. you know what? I don't give a shit how long this lasts, whether it's a day, a week, a year, 10 years. I don't really care. You guys want to wear a mask the rest of your life? I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. But I'm not going to deal with TSA anymore. I'm not going to deal with the airports. I'm not going to deal with being harassed. And so I can bitch and moan and complain and yell and scream at United and TSA or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Or I'll just go fucking buy a plane and fly myself. Yep. Love it. That's exactly what I'm doing. Love yep. it. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So, you know, we, and we talked prior to podcasting just briefly. I love Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You've met Don Jr. Yeah. What are they like? In the, They're cool. They're awesome people. I mean, they seem cool, obviously. Yeah. Like, they seem like they, they portray who they are no matter what. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Don Jr. is a cool guy. He loves hunting. He's a family man. I mean, you know, Donald Trump. He, he's a good dude. I mean, he, he's the kind of guy you want to have at a party because he's just entertaining. He's fun. He's got a, he, so many stories. He's, he's got, you know, 50 years of, of just wealth and experience and building buildings and hanging out with people and 
politics and this and that and the other. I mean, he's, a, he's an incredible freaking figure. I mean, he's been wildly successful in his business career. It doesn't matter whether you agree with him morally or not. He's been married a handful of times. He's got mm-hmm. kids. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like we, we've, we, we focus on somebody else's things that we don't like and we don't realize that we have our own shit that we got to deal with, you know, but I love the Trump family. I think that, uh, he's one of the best presidents that we've ever had. Oh, agree. I fully support, sure. support him and, mm-hmm. and we'll continue to do so. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Trump fan. How did you, how did you first meet him? Like, how did um, that come about? So I actually was on the last season of The Apprentice before they went to the Celebrity Apprentice. I used to watch that. I love that I show. Actually, it was really cool. It was, uh, I, I tried out for it and I got selected to be on the show. Uh-huh. And I had this crazy wild spiritual experience where I literally went through the entire interview process, did a deal, sent in a video, um, was selected, flown to L.A., stayed in this hotel with, for a week with Mark Burnett was there, Trump was there. That was the very first time that I ever met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was about uh, six months later that I was doing a real estate deal. And a buddy of mine who lives here in Utah, um, his sister was married to Larry King. And so one day he comes to my office. He's like, hey, I want to get involved in real estate. Can you help me? I'm like, well, I've got this deal and I want to get to Trump. And I know that you know your brother-in-law is Larry King and Larry and, and Donald are super tight. I said, well, get a, mar- get a meeting with Larry and let's see what can happen. And so mm-hmm. literally we were on a plane that afternoon, flew down to, to Beverly Hills, sat and had a had dinner with Larry. Larry looks at me and says, what do you want? I said, I want a meeting with Trump. I said, I, I need a development partner. And the next morning at 4 a.m., Larry calls and says, you're meeting with him tomorrow at 9 a.m. in New Stop. York City. Awesome. Oh my God. gosh. So we flew That's home awesome. and, and then he flew, uh, uh, he flew his wife, so uh, Sean King, out to uh, to Provo Airport in the CNN Gulfstream, picked us up, landed at 2 a.m. in the at New York City, and and I uh, was sitting in his office at 9 a.m. the next day, and pitched him a real estate deal, and he fucking loved it, and brought Ivanka in, and and she came out to Utah. I love her. The whole deal, yeah. That's She's awesome. a badass. She's a badass. Oh, but, gosh, yeah, I'm so, so jealous right now. <laughs> yeah, that's how I that's how I got connected to him. I'm trying to it. manifest that right now to meet Donald Trump. I <laughs> he's I'm, a good dude. I man. love I mean, Donald. Look, he's 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 got a massive ego, like we all do. Who right? the fuck cares? And, I don't care. It's just he's a cool he's a cool guy. Ivanka <laughs> is. is is an absolute badass. Mm-hmm. Don Junior's a cool guy. I mean, we we went through his divorce and we chatted and this and that and the other. And you know, he's the kind of dude who wants to go hunt and smoke a cigar and loves his family and loves his country and they're good people. You know, mm-hmm. but, that's awesome. Yeah, freaking. You know, I saw uh, I saw that. I think I what was it? You posted something. I'm like, nah. Yeah. He met Don Jr. And then he's like, yeah, I met Donald Trump too. I'm like, what? Yeah, he was what? out here <laughs> campaigning and stuff for like Burgess and a few other guys. And while he was out here, we got together. But uh, they really are like, like they're good people. I really, truly, you know, I believe that. And I've hung out with them mm-hmm. enough to know that. Not just what I've seen on TV or yeah. what the headlines have told me to believe about the guy. I, I've i met him and been with him. And I, I, I firmly believe that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Another question. Okay. Who is your biggest influence and why? Um, my mom. Really? Yeah. My mom's been my hero. She's She she taught me resiliency. She taught me how to be a man. Um, you know, my dad and mom split up when I was uh, an early teenager, and she struggled. My dad was just a total dick, dumped all the bills on her, filed bankruptcy, left her with everything, and she didn't want to go down that route. And so she worked two jobs and busted her ass. And I, I remember vividly many, 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 many nights walking in and with her kneeling next to her bed, praying and, and wanting the best for me and my brother and working her ass off to do that. Being a disciplinarian and, you know, smacking me when I needed to be smacked and loving me when I needed to be mm-hmm. loved and supporting me. And, and uh, I'll, I'll never, 
have a bigger hero in my life than, than my mom. You know, and it almost sounds like from what I'm learning from your, your, you and Sax's podcast, it sounds like you almost kind of married your mom. It sounds like Sax was uh, kind of just from what, how you mm-hmm. described your mom. She, you know, Sax was a single mom and she said she talked about being a hustler. Mm-hmm. She hustled. She got these kids and yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, like there's a lot of similarities. I think that guys, we want to be nurtured. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can put on all the tough guy shit, but we want to come home and just lay on the couch and have our head tickled and True. snuggle and shit like that. You know what I mean? And And... I think that uh, you know you grow up with a mom that that shows you that, and you f- you create that in a woman, and and it's a really cool experience. But yeah, I mean, my mom and and my wife get along great, and and uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities in, in Saxony that are in my mom for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right, this is a kind of an odd question, but keep them coming. I love them. <laughs> there's nothing. Do, on, you, man. do you need to hit me with this button? <laughs> what button is that? That's this one. Which one is it? Oh, gosh. No, we're not talking about sex. I don't know, unless you guys have a Matt question. just really wants to push these buttons. He, over he loves pushing I the do. buttons. That's it's like his favorite thing the, to do on the podcast is push the buttons. One. He loves pushing that one on me all the time because I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. And he's like, meh, meh, meh. Um, okay, so we were laying in bed this morning, Jacob and I, and we were talking about, I don't even know how we got, what happened? How did we bring this up about the shows that we used to watch as kids? You randomly said, did you watch Hercules? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like the weird, the old one, like Xena? It's not like yeah. a surprise that she like randomly brought something. No, I always have these random. Hayes did that? Yeah. I always have these random thoughts that just come into my mind. It's So I my my dad raised me, so and my mom was kind of in and out of the picture, and uh, they got divorced when I was five years old. So I grew up as daddy's girl, and I watched what my dad watched, and he was big into the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up. Our main shows were Hercules and Xena, Warrior Princess. And I, I'm, I'm not s- like the cartoon. I thought you guys were no. talking about the Disney cartoon. I don't even know. Do you re- you're younger than me, so I don't even know. Do you remember Hercules I'm and Xena? You're younger. So it's like, still you're younger. Yeah. You're the baby on the podcast. And <laughs> oh so gosh. we I grew up watching that and I was obsessed, like to the point where I don't even I wasn't I didn't play video games, but I bought Xena Warrior Princess and I played that video game on PlayStation, I think, at the time. <laughs> and so I'm curious, you Growing up with your mom, like, is there certain shows that your mom would watch that you watch with her, or is there certain shows that you watch growing up? Like, what was your favorite? Uh, I, I I remember watching. I grew up watching gangster flicks. My dad, you know, one of the memories I have of him is you know Godfather and stuff. Like Godfather's oh, my favorite. Movie. Okay, so I grew up watching that. Both of my parents were born and raised in New York City, Ooh. so I spent a lot of time in New York City. Uh, every really? every summer that school would get out, my brother and I would go up and spend three months in between the Bronx and then far Rockaway. So I'm spent a lot of time in New York city since I was a little kid. So the gangster movies are my favorite without question. I, I rarely watch TV. We have one TV in my house. Like everybody comes over thinks it's funny cause I have one TV kind mm-hmm. of hidden and I rarely watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, if I was to watch a movie or grew up watching something, it was, it was gangster flicks. <laughs> All the right. Untouchables I think was a TV show that my dad watched that I remember watching mm-hmm. with him. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was just, I was thinking that we were reminiscing and, uh, yeah, I found out you, Jacob watches Xena and Hercules as watches. well. Watches. Okay. You yeah. watch. Sorry. You watch. watch. <laughs> yeah. It's, it. I'm just, Getting I was through curious. The seasons. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so I guess just sum up what's going on right now. you got so many new things going on. You got a bigger warehouse, right? Did mm-hmm. I see that correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us what is, uh, what are you up to? What's Sean up to? 
anything and everything that I want to be up to. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, man. Life is good. I, yeah. I, my businesses are growing. Um, you know, the apparel company is, we went from literally my mom making the t-shirts. She worked for me for a year and was hand making our t-shirts. Stop. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's we cool. had one heat transfer machine that, that, that was what Shit. we did. So a lot of people don't know that I, I, yeah. I didn't start the apparel company to be an apparel company. I, I made one t-shirt five years ago because it re- I resonated with lines, not sheep. That's how it came to me. And I was like, I, it just was banging around my brain. Lines, not sheep, lines, not sheep. So I called my buddy and said, Hey, can you put this on a t-shirt and you know, an apparel company? And he said, sure. So I made one t-shirt and somebody saw it on Facebook and was like, Hey dude, that's a dope shirt. Where do I get it? And I called my buddy back. I was like, somebody apparently wants to buy the t-shirt. How do I do this? <laughs> Can we make another one? I, like, I remember like you one? wore it at the, like we'd wear it at the gym all yeah, the time when we yeah. go. And so like he literally just put them on his website. I didn't own lions on sheep.com. I didn't have any of that stuff. Um, and I was not building an apparel brand. It was just people seeing the t-shirt and buying it. Mm-hmm. And so my mom would literally hand, you know, he wow. transfer these shirts and send one or two packages out a day of a t-shirt. And, Last year, I decided, uh, last beginning of last year in 2020, I was like, I want to build a brand. I want to build this bigger. I mean, it was resonating. It was getting bigger and getting bigger and getting bigger. Um, I hired my kids, and then my kids started making T-shirts and stuff. And as the social media grew, just organically, we, we in 2019, we did 22 grand total, which is, I mean, about $2,000 a month, which is mm-hmm. not that much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a couple of T-shirts a week kind of a deal. Um, and then in November of last year, we did a million dollars in just November. What? So that's you know, awesome. T- decided to turn it on back in May of, uh, of 2020 and grew it from you know, literally one heat transfer to huge warehouse and fulfillment center and ordering, nice. ordering literally tens of thousands of shirts from manufacturers and stuff. So now we have a whole crew and whole warehouse and the warehouse oh, was kind of my, my man cave, like we yeah, did, yeah, that's did my right. events there and uh-huh. stuff like that. I had my Harley and my cars and stuff like that. And it's now I've been kicked out of that. So <laughs> built that out to the, to the uh, apparel company and just got a new man cave. So what? we'll see how that, my, how long that lasts before we grow. <laughs> my question is how, what businesses do you own now? I was just going to ask I've that kinda, too. Yeah. Cause I've kind of been disconnected for a while so i yeah. i don't know like what all you um, know i mean lions not sheep has multiple companies inside of it mm-hmm. uh, i do coaching consulting i've got a lot of one-on-one clients got about 1100 people inside of the, the lion's den um i'm an investor in some restaurants so the ever bowl franchise here in pg okay that i say bull place so i own that i haven't I gone there that. yet i want to yeah. try it i Moss, think you let's posted go after, on let's your go after yeah, we'll go yeah Moss. well i got his wedding to oh, go. Yeah, we got his got sister's it. wedding so again you're getting married again no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah so you got some restaurants <laughs> and some other investments and buying some storage unit complexes and some rv parks and that's awesome just different stuff saxony and i are going to launch a company together and start doing some coaching together and stuff so nice. that, i'm excited awesome. for that yeah. i'm really excited about you guys uniting because i've just Again, listening to your podcast, I think it's great. I love that. I feel like you guys are kind of opposites. Like she's almost, you balance each other out. I feel like the yin and yang. Oh yeah. 100%. I think it's so cool. It's so cool to see when opposites come together. Cause I, I feel like it, and not to just get back on the whole dating story, but sometimes people look at opposites as a negative. They're right. like, oh my gosh, like you don't have anything in common. You don't even think the way I do. But if, you, if you're like, okay, I'm bringing this to the table and you're bringing this to the table and then we're going to unite this and mm-hmm. make something like badass, that is so cool and it's so awesome when people can do that. And I feel like you two are doing that. Yeah, you know, we, I, I was, I, and I mentioned this, I talk about this, like I was in a, a textbook trauma bond 
relationship prior to, to her for a while. And, and I share that simply because you can check all the boxes and you think that because we both love four-wheeling or we both love pizza <laughs> or we both love the same music or we love this or we love that, that, you know, that constitutes this grandiose relationship. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that for a long time because I'm like, look, with, with my ex, like all of the boxes were checked, yet there was such radical insecurities and literally no foundation built. And so in looking at that, it was simply based off of me not doing me. And it was just being in a relationship to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, about two years ago, I was having a conversation with one of my energy workers and she's like, look, you know, cause I was telling her dating, it's, it's weird. It sucks. I don't know. Like, how do I do this? I'm not sure. You know, you're an older guy. I've got my own life and business and things and kind of established and well, you got like a celebrity digging around too, so and it's, like and it's everyone, hard. Yeah. You're, yeah, ba- I mean, you're I, trying I, to balance everything. I went out with somebody yeah. who was like, dude, I, I've always wanted to hang out. I've been following you on social media and the whole thing. And it's just like, I didn't want that. You right. know what I mean? I wanted to like connect with somebody. And so she's like, look, get on your road and drive. If you read like the alchemist, you know, your, your, your personal legend, like just drive and mm-hmm. all of these dates and girls and stuff. It's all in like an exit. You're getting off this exit and spending some time and getting back on and going over here and Meanwhile, you're just not headed in the direction of where you want to be going and not just in the relationship, but just you personally. She's like, just drive. And at some point in time, a car will pull up alongside of you and be like, where are you going? Well, I'm headed over here. And she'll be like, oh, I'm going over there too. And that's really what happened with really? Saxony is, is oh, I, I just quit trying to mm. find a partner and trying mm-hmm. to do these things. And it was like, dude, fuck it, man. Like there's too much friction there. Mm-hmm. There's too much contention there. Right. And so I just started driving and, and she and I literally just pulled up alongside of each other and yeah, we have so many opposites, but yet so much similarity, you know what I mean? And I really truly feel like she and I became the best versions of ourselves and really truly leveled up in a way that we didn't. And we tell each other, I tell her this all the time. I don't need her. I want her. Like I don't need her. That is, I don't need a relationship. I don't need a wife. I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need any of these things. Mm -hmm. I want one. I want her. And she says the same thing to me. And in and, and a state of scarcity, that would be hard for a lot of people to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. How do you say that? Well, I don't want you to need me. Like one of the one of the things that I built in this avatar of kind of the woman that I was envisioning is I wanted a woman that didn't need me for happiness, for money, for connection, for anything. Like I don't want you to need me for anything. I want you to be able to stand on your own two feet, drive your own fucking car. Doesn't mean you have to be like uber wealthy and and baking billions but like i want you to be able to stand on your own two fucking feet mm-hmm. and that was something that i really truly wanted in a woman and when i met saxony it was like you know it, it was really 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 interesting our connection and how we were pushed apart so fast because we were so connected it yeah. was almost like that scary like yo we're not <laughs> playing at the level that we need to be playing at yeah, to date yeah, each other. Yeah, this yeah. is not going to work yeah. right and so when we really both got on our car and started driving that's when shit really started working and yeah. it's it's really cool like it's it's cool to be in a position where i make me happy mm-hmm. like i fill my cup mm-hmm. she adds to it and is a huge part of my life but she doesn't she's not responsible for the for the yeah. what's in my cup i am yeah i think one of the that was something that you told me in the middle of my like healing process is your you messaged me and you said you know just live life you know, just live your life. Don't worry about it. Just live life and always make sure that it, when you find someone, it's a share. It's not a need or a want. 
Um, and that's something that I've like, I think the thing that resonated with me the most when you messaged me was, um, just live life. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've been doing. Yeah. You well, know? we'll think about the word find, right? Mm-hmm. When you're trying to find your keys, is it fun? No, no it no. sucks. When you're trying to find your kid who's lost in the grocery store. <sighs> you're freaking the fuck out running around <laughs> yeah. now. Now attribute finding to a human being. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my partner. I'm trying to find my husband. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a wife. It means you don't have it. You're looking. I'm looking. Oh, I'm yes. looking. And there's this act of like, are you the one? Swipe, 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 swipe. Oh my God, you're hot. Are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? Are you? The-? And we're literally going through this dating experience, trying to find something. Right. You step back. You step back, and and I realized I didn't want to find my wife. I wanted to create her. I wanted to create an experience to bring this person into my world. And, and once I quit looking, that's when shit really started to change for me because I wasn't looking for something. I was just building a better version of me every single day, yep. creating the type of man that would be able to be with a woman like I'm with, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. And I think a lot of us focus on trying to find something and finding it means it's not there or you don't have it. I want to find love. I want to find connection and when you become these things and build these things, you naturally will gravitate towards the same type of people, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. We talked about this earlier. If, yeah. you're, if you're constantly filled with drama, mm-hmm. why do you think it is that everybody dates dramatic? dramatic. You're when you're constantly it. like yes. living in lies and scarcity and you're being lied to, it's because you're probably a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, mm-hmm. I hate to break it to you, but that's <laughs> yeah. exactly why you're attracting that shit. Yep. And so when I got to a place where I was like, I don't fucking need anybody, I'm happy. I'm good with me. All of a sudden, this chick pops in my space, and she's like, yeah, I don't need you either. Let's go get donuts. And I was like, okay, I like this. <laughs> yep. Kind of like what you and I did, Jacob. We yeah. we actually became friends, and we just like would just randomly talk because we had no expectations. No yeah. expectations. We weren't looking for relationships. And then fucking hell, it happened. <laughs> Amazing, though. Yep, Amazing. happened. And yeah. like, I like what you're saying. Like, So many people are going through the whole relationship thing and seeking because mm-hmm. – they feel like they need someone or something else to fill in their gaps so right. that they feel whole. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, cre- you're starting from a base of codependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's, it's, it's going to build from there. Well, it's, it's, it's what most, again, I'm not going to say everybody, but it's, it's what I found to be extremely prevalent in the dating space. Yeah. You know, and we talked to mention this earlier, like I'll give you once you give me, or I'll do once you do, yeah. or I'll yeah. be all in once you're all in. Mm-hmm. And we're literally living in a world where we're, you know, not dictating who we are, not mm-hmm. yeah. where we want to be. And so mm-hmm. for me, I was like, fuck everybody. I'm just going to do me. Yep. And I'm going to just keep pouring into me and pouring into me and pouring into me. And like, I learned a lesson over here. I learned a lesson over here. That felt good. That didn't feel good. I like this. I don't like this. And as I evolved in that space, like naturally this woman, my now wife was in the same space. And here we are pulling up next to each other and be like, yo, hop in, let's road trip. And yeah. we just did. Okay. You, sorry, Matt, real quick. Good. Uh, you briefly mentioned prenups, but you didn't get into prenups? it. Prenups? Prenups. Oh, I said that? Yeah, you guys talked about it on your podcast. Oh, well, you oh, didn't. You it. didn't get into it. You're like, well, that, that's something else we'll, mm. we'll talk about later. So yeah. I don't know if you've actually... In the, we haven't the talked episode. about it. No. Okay, so you haven't talked about mm. it. I'm curious, what's your thoughts on prenups? I, and what's her thoughts? I'm sure you guys have discussed it. Saxony wouldn't give a shit, truthfully. She wouldn't care. But Saxony has her own money. She does her own thing. Mm-hmm. She's a realtor. She, she makes six figures a year, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, Sean, you need a prenup and this and the other. And to me, going into a relationship saying, hey, if this doesn't work, I mean, you're, it's, you're not, why are you even fucking doing it? Yeah. If, if your contemplation is, well, just in case I'm going to hedge my bet, 
I'm a firm believer that plan B is what fucks up plan A. Okay. Yeah. Plan I can see B that. is always what fucks up plan A is if you start a if you start a business and you have outs, you're never gonna fucking work. But when you find yourself literally jumping off the cliff and you have no wings, you will build the wings. Period. So when you go into a, a business saying, well, here's our out or here's our out or here's our out, you're not forced to do the really scary, hard, gnarly shit to make it work, right? Putting up your own money, putting in your entire life savings. You're not forced to do those things. The same thing in a relationship. If you're like, well, just in case this doesn't work, let's be here. That's always in the back of your mind. You always have a plan B or an out or I'm protected or this, that, and the other. And to me, it's just money. That's not all it's money. Commitment, I mean, right? dude, I, I, I can make my own yeah. shit and do my own thing with or without you. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, I'm all in and and I'm going to continue to be all in. And and I don't know what the future holds. I know what I'm doing right this moment and hopefully God willing this afternoon and tonight and the whole thing. But to me, a prenup was never even a contemplation because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't think that way. My mind yeah. doesn't think that way. And people can go, oh, well, you know, assets and money and this and, that and the other. Look, if you're a multimillionaire, it ain't because of your wife. If you're a multimillionaire, it ain't because of your husband. If you have the mentality to become a multimillionaire, I'll do it with or without you. I'll do it whether you fuck me over or don't mm. fuck me over. Okay. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So yeah. to me, it was like, cool, you want money? Here you go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it was never, ever, ever about that. And I firmly believe, like, as you're constantly moving forward and building forward, you, you really can't be looking backwards, right? Yeah. People that struggle with depression are focused on yesterday. Yep. I could give you a billion dollars right now and say, change yesterday. I could literally give you a pallet of a billion dollars to say change yesterday. You can't. You can't. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's a billion dollars change tomorrow. And now you're going to say, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to buy a plane. I'm going to buy a yacht. I'm going to do it. Newsflash, you're dead by dinner. Yeah. So that money literally is irrelevant for yesterday or tomorrow. And so when you get in this mentality of like, I'm, I'm creating what I have. I'm building my businesses. I built my relationship with her. I built it. I built that. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. she built her shit yeah. that led her to me mm -hmm. but i built that yeah i now, built for sure the whole game and i agree with you i agree with you sean but i'm gonna give you a different perspective what if you guys just both decided to and let's just say it doesn't have to be just one person you both get prenups double prenups but that takes that whole financial stress or anything i don't have financial stress okay well i'm not <laughs> i'm just saying for like <laughs> other people like it takes no, that no, whole but, financial but out, of, out of the game broke and people mindset. broke people don't sign prenups okay true Rich okay. people do. True. Right? Yes. So when you talk about financial stress, mm -hmm. if you're rich, you don't have financial stress. True. When you have a fuck load of money in the bank and you can buy anything, be anywhere, you don't care about that shit. What, what a prenup is saying in, in its realest form mm -hmm. is I don't want you to take half of my shit if this doesn't work. Yeah. And of I course. get that. Of I understand course. that mentality. Mm -hmm. I get why people would do that. I get why people say that. It's not my mentality. Because I know, I know men that mm -hmm. very wealthy, rich men, I'm only staying in it because I don't want to give her half. Yeah. So what if they already signed a prenup? Then it's like, okay, well, then that's not even like on the the thought process is like, now I'm staying with this person because I actually love this person. It has nothing to do with financials. If it didn't have anything to do with financials, then why send a prenup? Mm. <laughs> also, okay. that's like going into it like scarcity No, think mindset. about it. Like, yeah, you're like, right. Real talk, if, if it's not about the money... Then, then, you know, uber rich, yeah, you can stay together because you don't want to give her half the cash. Cool, your life sucks. You're banging a bunch of chicks mm -hmm. and she's probably banging the pool boy and your fucking life sucks. Cool. Yeah. Okay. You want to do that over money? Who gives a fuck? Like, real money, you're going to die. Like, exactly. It's, it's yeah. a certainty that we're all going to head there, right? Yep. And at the end of the day, like, think about that for two seconds. Like, you're living a half-ass fucking life over money. 
or you're a slave to the money. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I mean, it's, it's, it's an insanity that we're literally all programmed to play the game of, of right? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Imagine being a rich dude and hating your wife so much. Why not just fucking write her a check and peace out and go have a fun life? You want to go fuck a bunch of bimbos? Great. Now you don't have to deal with her. Just go do your thing. You, you, you made her rich and you're still rich. Go fucking live your life. But it's way bigger than I don't want her to have half. That's ego. That's pride. That's mm-hmm. darkness. That's a, that's a destructive mentality. He's a miserable fuck if that's mm-hmm. his mentality. And so he's going to be miserable with or without the money. You understand what I'm saying? I, I love the way you put it. You and definitely so me, changed my mind. The prenup is like, what is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, what is like, this? Let's sit down and negotiate well, yeah. the terms of money. Like, if, if if it's some future date, we don't work, she leaves me, I leave her, whatever, whatever, I'm already making millions and I'll continue to make millions. You want some of it yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Like, okay. Jeff Bezos got, got divorced. Yeah. His wife became instantly a multi-billionaire, 30-something billion dollars. Jeff Bezos' income since he got divorced has quadrupled. Quadrupled. Mm-hmm. He just recently think, stepped down, though, didn't he? He's a... I, yeah. Like I've heard. But, I mean, he's still yeah, worth he still makes $180 billion. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, the, the to me, a prenup was never an option, and I think it's a, it's a game of scarcity. Yeah. And broke people don't sign prenups. Rich people do. And if you're rich and you're contemplating money, then you're with the wrong fucking person, man. My belief. Well said. We had yeah. we had this discussion last night about signing a prenup. Like and on I, the podcast, we're, we're yeah. recording. You're also going to sign a prenup? Well, I was just like, I don't give a fuck. I'll sign it. Like, it's not a big deal to me because we don't take it with us in the afterlife. We don't take money with us in the afterlife. Money's great. It does create freedom and you can travel and do amazing things and give back to, you know, the poor orphanages or whatever. It is a great tool and when you use it in the correct way. But- now that Sean like broke it down, I was like, "It's just all mindset." It is. It really and, and is. And there's energetic behind so every like, action you do. There's yeah. an energetic mm-hmm. connection to it. Mm-hmm. It's either abundance or scarcity. Sean's mentality is pure abundance. Yeah, you know, and that's why that's why he does what he does. I mean, what what does that mean if somebody wants to fuck you over for money? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cool, it's money, and yeah. what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. We fight and squabble over money and dollars and whatever, whatever. When the truth is, if you fought is hard for a mentality of, of creation as you do for the scraps off the table from the government or from a prenup, you wouldn't even fucking be thinking about money. You'd have more money than you know what to fucking do with. Yep. But what well do people said. do? What True. do we do? We squabble over the, the, yep. the, the, the peanuts tossed to us. Fuck all that. You can have that. I'm going for the fucking steak. You know what I'm saying? My mentality is with her by my side. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pray that if she ever leaves me, she's fucking loaded crazy stupid rich because that means i am too yeah. you understand what i'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. if she's got to make a, yeah. if she gets a 50 million dollar check that means i get a 50 million dollar check <laughs> i'm fucking stoked with that shit yeah. you understand what i'm That's saying awesome. that mentality of creation yeah, I is love like that. Th- everything else in my personal opinion is scarcity and everybody yeah. listening to this well what about what fuck what about if you focused as much on creation and mindset and f- the ferocity of building and growth as you did what ifs you would never have a what if you would never have a what if yep i love that oh my gosh i Truth love that I, t- I asked that question mm-hmm. i'm just gonna it's a good say, question. can i pat yeah. myself okay what other I questions just, i love that keep going down <laughs> do you guys have any questions jacob let's do you have a, any I'm questions for sean <laughs> um i don't know i guess what what pulled you out of the dark part of your bankruptcy i guess because i'm i guess i just relate to that more just because i'm kind mm-hmm. of now getting on my feet um, 
And there's a lot of things that are connected to just going bankrupt. It's not like, oh, your business failed or whatever. You don't have money. Like, it's dark in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So, like, how did you start rebuilding first, I guess? And what pulled you into a state of confidence again? Understanding what what I mentioned earlier. Because I was in a dark place. I was just in survival mode. Mm-hmm. I was in bury my head in the sand, yep. not talk to anybody, not post anything on social media because I was afraid. I was It was humiliating, right? right? Yep. Bankruptcy means you failed, you lost, and, and that's not true at all. And I know that now having gone through it. I learned right. lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're financially inept and you literally have massive credit card debts and you spend ridiculous amounts of money, you just don't understand money and you need to get yourself in check, right? Mm-hmm. But when something happens, a market, this, that, the other, whatever it is, and it's a big deal, like I had the embarrassment of it and I had my head buried in the sand, but it was when I, my, my coach literally was like, dude, you had to make the millions to lose them. Yeah. And that has been in my mind ever since. And so when people jump on my social media or here, there, or the other, and they want to start talking shit to me about, oh, well, you filed bankruptcy or you went this, that, I'm like, you're goddamn right I did but I had to make those millions to lose them. So whatever you quote unquote think you lost, right? You had to have, whether your dream home was repoed by the bank, it was foreclosed on whatever, whatever. You were able to build that. Now, did you learn the financial lesson of what you did wrong when you lost it so that you can do it again? And that me rewriting a completely different story today and able to have multiple seven figure businesses Mm -hmm. like is based off of the lessons that I learned in losing, quote unquote, losing twelve and a half million dollars in my bankruptcy. Yep. And so for me, it, it it took a while and it takes a while because when you're a quote unquote public figure, when you're out there, there's a lot of people that want to throw a lot of jabs. They want to shoot at you and the whole deal. And I get that. And that's yeah. that was hard for me. But the more I continued to open up, the more I shared my story, the more I talked about it, the more it I got comfortable with it and the more it resonated with people. But if you really like think about it even further, man, like Rocky Balboa is standing at, you know, at the top of these stairs in Philly. We, we don't erect statues to fucking losers. Yep. We don't write movies about losers. Like, name, name a hero and he got his ass kicked. Yep. Superman, Batman. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These superheroes, they all got fucked up at some point in time. There was always a nemesis. There was always somebody that beat them, mm-hmm. period. You know, we write movies about these people and we put statues up to people that got their ass kicked. And so my mentality is like, I am a far smarter man. I'm a far better man having been through what I went through, pulling myself out of it, taking the lumps, getting, you know, the stuff publicly, personally, privately, the whole deal, the the depression, the suicide. I'm a better man having gone through all of that. Amen. Um, You know, one of my favorite quotes is actually from uh, Thomas Monson, who's the president of the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And he said, you are who you are today because of the choices and decisions that you made yesterday. And most people, many people cannot disconnect from the quote unquote bad decisions or the mistakes. And so when you think about that quote, you are who you are right now because of the choices and decisions that you make. Most people hold on to the darkness, to the fuck ups, to the depression, to the, to the, to the bankruptcy, to the divorce so tightly. And they don't realize like I'm the baddest motherfucker on this planet right now because of all of that shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wake up every single day and, and whether I'm standing on my back deck, the next thing I do is I walk into my bathroom and I have written that on my bathroom mirror, my mantra, you are a mm-hmm. bad motherfucker. Yeah. And I realize that I'm a good entrepreneur and a good business leader because I 
lost millions of dollars and learned the lessons. The reason people literally pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars to coach them is because I went from this mountain of having 170 employees and making millions of dollars to crashing, losing all of it, and then building it back. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is that the reason my business, one of my businesses, my coaching business is doing so well is people want to know how that happened. Mm -hmm. You don't hire somebody who, who lost it all and is now living on the fucking streets and quit. No. You don't right. go pay no. a guy $100,000 right. a year to coach you because he got his ass kicked and he quit. Exactly. What you do is you pay the guy who lost it, got his ass beat, then showed back up and doubled it, tripled it, quadrupled it, built it bigger, right? This is why people that mock Donald Trump all day long, I'm like, homeboy's got 500 plus companies. You're talking to me about two or three of them. You don't have one company, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. We'll talk yeah. about Donald Trump yeah. losing. You don't have one. <laughs> you go get five, then come back and have a conversation with me. So it's, it's all relative. I look at where I've been. I'm sure you've learned lessons. I'm sure yeah, you've course. learned hard lessons. I'm I sure. view it as an asset at this point. 100%. I do too. Yeah. I look at everything that, that has happened to me that's been part of my life that I've created, happened, quote unquote, mm -hmm. the, the divorce, the bankruptcy, the breakups, the heartache, all of those things, they're, they're without question the richest teachers that I've ever had. Right. They're the things that have helped me get to where I am today that's allowed me to literally do, I did a post yesterday that's going viral that's reached hundreds of thousands of people in the last 24 hours. Wild, wild. Like, how does that happen, right? Mm -hmm. But all of these things that, that the pain and the heartache of past and relationships that lead me to jumping in the pool with my wife and taking some cheesy ass picture and then telling the story of that. And how does that reach uh, 2 million people in 24 hours? I yeah. read that post. That was a good post. Yeah. It's, good, it's going viral. It's yeah. going insane. And so it's like all of those things, understanding, like, what did you learn? What did you learn in the relationship? What did you learn in the breakup? What did you learn in the bankruptcy? Mm -hmm. Cool. Now do it different. Now write a better chapter, a better story, a new book, close that book up, write a completely new book. And, I promise you, like it, it, it was the very first guy that hired me to coach him years ago. From that, he, he literally were sitting down. This is one of my earlier clients, and he's like, "I'm hiring you. I want you to coach me because I googled you and I saw everything." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "I googled and I saw that you went through bankruptcy. I I saw that you went through all this stuff. What I want to know is how did you rebuild?" Exactly. Yep. He's like the one I'm interested in is the mindset and the mentality of the type of person who rises from the ashes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who gets his ass kicked and comes back up. And that's why I think, you know, the show with Saxony is going to be amazing. And, yeah. and I anticipate it being big because we're the epitome of what's in the marketplace right now. We've both been divorced. We've both been depressed. We've both struggled financially. We've mm -hmm. both won financially. We're as real and open as anybody out there. I love that about I mean, you guys. That's what I love about this podcast with her is we're sharing everything. Mm -hmm. Like from lying, cheating, depression, divorce, kids, co-parenting, my own insecurities, my own fears, her struggles, her insecurities, and it's extraordinarily relatable to people. You're very yeah. vulnerable and it has something to say when you're able to be vulnerable. There's not enough influencers out there that are able to go to your level, your yeah. guys's level. And I think that says definitely something. Well, we, we talked about this briefly yesterday and, and you know, everybody here I think knows who they are, but if you look at, uh, there's certain influencers and certain couples that in the last year have gotten divorced that were big names. Okay. Mm -hmm. The, the Hollis's, right. Mm -hmm. If you follow yeah. the Hollis's at all. Yep. Right. And I follow both of them and they've, they've changed many, many, many lives and they've done a lot of good, but they've also found themselves in a really fucking dark place. And, and here's why they built this massive deal and we all know what yeah. they've done and put on the events. And Rachel has just exploded and with Oprah and her book and the whole thing. And then all of a sudden they drop this bomb, like, Hey, 
we're getting divorced and our life has sucked for the last 18 months. <laughs> what does that tell you? Like, as you're an outsider yeah. looking in, you're like, well, what was real and what wasn't? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I believe? Well, yeah. people- so you've built this massive following. <laughs> and again, I, I, I have tremendous love and appreciation for anybody who's willing to tell their story, whatever, whatever. But there's a reason that that, that story, you know, it pissed a lot of people off. And a lot of people looked at them and said, well, you're a fraud. And, and, and there's a lot of people that said the opposite. They were like, oh, good for you, bravo, bravo. But for me, looking at that reality, like I don't believe anything they say. I don't trust anything they say. And now yeah. that had to be their lesson. Cool, I got it. Everybody has to you know, go through their own season and their own story. And they chose to not tell anybody and to lead you know, kind of a fake life on social media and pretend that all was well and to write books about all being well and to coach people on how to have great relationships. Meanwhile, theirs was falling apart. I don't vibe with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't, but I think a lot of, you know, some people do. But to me, I have found that the more transparent I am with all of it and, and, and connecting with a woman now who f- has that same mentality is what really draws people to our story oh, yeah. and yeah. who we yeah. are and what sure. we are. And that's something that I have found over the last yeah. five, six, seven years in, in using social media the way that I have. Yeah. I always said that I didn't trust them and everyone got mad at me because they're like, why? She's so good. I was like, I don't know. I just feel like she's not authentic. Mm-hmm. So oh, was, okay. Who are you Rachel talking? Hall, Rachel Hall. Oh, I was like, you're not talking about me. <laughs> yeah, like, I am. <laughs> well, but th- I'll, I'll cut you after this. I want to say one. Sorry. <laughs> I want to say one more thing to that though. How many couples do you know? How many people do you know that are struggling? Uh, I mean, I, I, I know Real a talk. lot. All of them. I know a lot. A lot. Yeah. All of them. Right. Yeah. Now, now here's what so many miss, and this is a good business. You know, for everybody, right, 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 right? Listening, something that I have been a practitioner of. If they're struggling, they're more relatable to people mm-hmm. because we're struggling. Yep. And so when you put on the image that all is well and we're perfect and we have the perfect blueprint and the perfect game plan, and then all of a sudden you tell everybody, just kidding, it was a total ruse and it's not true and we're getting divorced. When you really stop and think about it, most everybody that you know is struggling in one way or another with depression sadness, kids, frustration, money issues, concerns, sex issues, connection issues, all of that. Whether you're single and you're trying to figure out how to get yourself out of a hole and date again and and figure out how to be happy, whether you're connected with somebody you've been married for two years or 20 years, right? Everybody's going through shit in one way or another. And so you be, you are, are literally more relatable to people when you're, when you're honest I mean, the four agreements, like the, the, the very first agreement Don Miguel Ruiz talks about is be impeccable with your word. And what I have personally found is my businesses have grown. My income has grown. My, my self-worth has grown. My value has grown. The more honest I am, the more truth I speak. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I truly feel like looking at a couple like that, it's a struggle because so many other couples feel like they can't talk about where they yeah. really are. And they don't. And you see the pretty Christmas card and you see the or the trip to Disneyland and all of a sudden, oh, did you hear Bob and, and Karen are getting fucking divorced? I didn't know. We were just talking to them and all looked well. Yeah. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Be radically transparent. Watch what happens, especially when you're in the coaching space. Mm-hmm. You're going to become literally relatable to every goddamn person that sees your shit. Yeah. Whether you like my politics or not, yeah. you can relate to me based off of my depression, my divorce, my bankruptcy, the whole fucking thing. Well, mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important, especially in relationships, to be open right, right from the gate. Yep. That way, when it gets to those hard times, those challenging times, you're not like, what the fuck happened to us? And then you try to rebuild from there, but you should have started from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 
I'm, I'm obviously not a dating coach or any, and I probably shouldn't give any dating advice, but I do anyways. But <laughs> I mean, a lot of marriages fail because they get to that point where it's like, oh shit, now we have to work. Now yeah. we have to work on this. No, you should have started in the very beginning. You should have been open and honest with your fears, your passion, whatever the fuck it is that drives you, whatever you need, like everything, be open in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. put on the front. Well, and it, and it doesn't matter where you're at now. If you could be married for 20 years and, and you know, um, I've got a, a good friend, Tiffany Peterson. I think you guys know who Tiffany is. Mm-hmm. She was telling a story the other day about how she was one of her clients, I think was dating this guy. And a couple months after they started dating, he comes to me, he's like, I need to tell you something. And she's like, what? Well, I told you that I had two kids, but I really have four kids. She's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And literally drops this bomb of like, wow. just kidding. I have four kids, not two. Mm-hmm. And she, and he's like, I was scared to tell you that that would, that would run you off at first because I've got so many kids. She's like, that didn't run me off, but the fact that you're a fucking liar did, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But we have this mentality that like, like somehow I'm going to hold these things back, hold the truth back, and I'm going to find love. Yeah. I'm going to find connection, or I'm going to find a good business partner, or clients, or people that want to do business with me. And I think truthfully, that's the reason that so many yeah. people love being Sax's story is because it's like we're re- fucking raw about it like mm-hmm. i was like yeah i wanted to freaking kick her in the face yesterday i couldn't stand her i wanted to like not see her have anything to do with her yesterday and people are like oh my god that's so harsh asshole well, yeah but i felt that way <laughs> yeah, too yeah. i'm like see like, that's real <laughs> that's, even, that's, yeah, that's real like, stuff yeah there's that's just real 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 shit and, yeah. I, and to me it transcends everything and it's not only personally liberating um, but it's a great way to freaking build a business and build a tribe hell yeah right? well i also think that you know you and i have been posting on social media for however long that we've like started doing that and you know one of the things that i hear people say is like you shouldn't share that because it's bad for business it looks bad for business and that's like old school mentality and so it holds people back from like sharing Mm -hmm. their shit but like i'm like no it actually accelerates it Mm -hmm. so i mean you know a lot of people are like oh we can all we can't we have to be careful i was like fuck no Mm -hmm. you don't (laughs) yeah my businesses have grown significantly the more i share well, sorry. I, <laughs> Name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Is, is now, going back to what you just said, Matt, my question actually for you, Matt, is so you say that and you've told me something. Sometimes you've told me, Becca, you shouldn't talk about that. You should hold back. Obviously, politics is one mm-hmm. because that's something that's a part of me. That's something I'm very passionate about. And so mm-hmm. my that's my question. Like, where's the line? Well, I don't think that there's necessarily like a line is how it's delivered okay good like fact checking making sure that it's like coming from an actual fact because there's been things that you've posted that are like that's not actually a fact Mm -hmm. and so because of well even even just politics in general like that's Mm -hmm. so it's it's a question just obviously on my mind it's like where when is enough is enough is like obviously i'm i'm trying to work and build my brand and i'm trying to obviously you know the becca hayes show for the most part is you know entertainment comedy fun Mm -hmm. real raw authentic Mm -hmm. but you can't fully embrace that if you do hold things back well when it what i've always said is like when you stop talking about the brand and it's overseeing like the brand like and you don't share that and when we're trying to build it that kind of makes it very confusing for the audience to actually build up on the show when politics are being talked about and then our show is like clear down here and no one Mm -hmm. even knows that what we're doing you know, that's, that's what I, I've always said. I was like, you have to balance that and make sure you're always sharing your brand and talking about your brand okay. to get that out. Not that you have to stop talking about politics. Okay. So let me, let me ask you a question that what is the brand? Uh, so, so you guys want to have a little business? <laughs> yeah. yeah okay, okay. What, what is the brand? 
Uh, the brand is me. You said it. You, you're yeah, the brand. I'm the brand, yeah. So what are people, are people buying into your coffee mugs or your logo or your fancy microphones? Nope. No. What are they buying into? Me. Right. So what do you want to give them? Me. Exactly. Okay. You do that 100 out of 100 times and you will win big. It, to me, this is this is how I've built no, I agree my brand, you. how yeah. I built Lions Not Sheep, and I'd be I would venture to say that I've been fairly successful in doing that in not only with Lions Not Sheep but my own personal brand. Um, and when you try and differentiate, when you try and and well, this is what I share on this page, and this is what I share on this page. It's fucking madness. It's mm-hmm. it's stupid. Give them everything. Literally, give people everything. Right? Like I share stuff and and that piss people off and that's fine those are people that would have never never done business with me anyways they're gonna leave well you don't awesome. want that off. You don't, me, yeah you right? want more like-minded people i don't that, think like yeah. so many of the videos and things that i've done that have gone viral were those instantaneous moments when the passion was there right. like my biggest video ever was after the florida school shooting a couple of years ago i just did this two-minute rant and it has 170 million views and it was raw it was passion it was in the moment but what would it look like if i said well I'm I'm too fired up right now. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to share this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to share the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm literally going to be trying to dictate and curate a message versus giving people what? Me. And if I'm the brand, then that's what they're signing up for. That's what people want is me. So I give you all of it. Sex, money, politics, religion, God, divorce, depression, all of it, right? Because mm-hmm. literally every single person listening to this right now has something going on in their life in all of these facets, Sex, money, politics, religion, divorce, depression, bankruptcy, the, the whole, like everybody listening has a connection to that somehow. And so if you want to build a brand and build a tribe, like you have to give them everything. Mm-hmm. You water it down or you compartmentalize or you segment or this or that or the other. It, it, it's not real. Agreed. You right. just fall in the masses with mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Well said. You know what I mean? I love that we workshop this, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, Thank you. Matt, I never told you to be silent. What Matt's saying is, is 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 right, and it, and to be totally candid, it's in my opinion, it's an old way of thinking. Right. And it comes from a place of scarcity. And and, and not saying you are. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. like a lot of people, it, it, you talk to an old school marketer, you talk to marketing 101, you know, don't share politics. It's going to piss people off or this, that, or the other. But when you really stop and think about it, like I don't want to fucking dictate and change, I don't want to change who I am to dictate right. my business. So what would it look like if you built a business where you were just completely fucking you and you never had to really market to people, they just found you and came in? Because mm-hmm. the people that do business with me, the people that join the Lion's Den, that pay me six figures a year for one-on-one coaching, the people that buy my products, they're, they're I did not really go out and find them. Mm-hmm. I just continued mm-hmm. to shine my light and do me and say me. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that my shirts offend, they just leave. Cool. Yeah. They weren't gonna buy my shit anyways. They weren't going to do business with me anyways. They would have never become a client or a, or, or a follower or a listener or anything like that. So I just keep doing me yeah. and let those people fucking go where they go. And then the people just seem to keep coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in. Yeah. My, so much easier that way. Mine was never like to be silent. I never said to be silent and not to share that part of you. I never said that. No, I, you told me to calm it down though. But mm-hmm. I said to, to do things that brought in money, income, productive income, money, things, um, that we're going to help bring in and those weren't really attracting to what we were trying to build and like bring in money that way true but again that is silencing part of me i wasn't silencing you well i mean it's never said to be silent no i know you didn't say it but you told me to calm down on the politics to amp up what we were trying to build yeah okay so to bring money into the business 
<laughs> I know, but how do, you, how do you bring money into the business? I, by selling me, I'm the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By having what more listeners, more people, yeah, right? sponsors. So, I'm not attacking you. I know you're not attacking me. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Like, right if now, if you want right. to make more money, be more you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to make more money. Don't give a flying fuck about what you talk about. Talk about it all. You want to make more money? You want to have like more money than you know what to do with? Give zero fucks who's listening. And that is Look, I want you to really think about that. Do. You still do. I want you to really think about <laughs> that. The people listening right now. <laughs> yeah. Like if I cared, mm-hmm. I would not be saying the things that I'm saying. I would be saying the things they wanted me to say, mm-hmm. which would never be me. I would never have a brand. And what so many people trying to build a brand or build a company do, I'm trying to appease everybody. I want to mm-hmm. listen to these people and all of these critics and everything else. Like, I literally don't give a fuck if you follow me or don't. If you don't like my t-shirt, fuck off. I don't care. Someone else does. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I am 100% unapologetically me. And sometimes I'm a dick. Sometimes I say stuff that's a little off the cuff. It might be a little bit rude. Sometimes they say, that's just me. And guess what? Every single person listening to this is that exact same way. Yep. We all say shit that we, eh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or we think about it, or we second guess. We all do that. Yeah. We're all ins- insecure and insensitive at times, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like when you really stop and think about it, you want to make more money, bring in the eyeballs. How do you get the eyeballs? Say the shit that you want to say. And the people that are attracted to it will be attracted exactly. to it. Yeah. And people who exactly. won't won't. It's, it's, it's literally the simplest, easiest way to run a business, to build a business. It's how I've built Lions Not Sheep. It's how I've built you know, my coaching companies. It's how I've done everything. Yeah. Is just being 100% unapologetically me. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. And every time I post something, people are like, oh, you can't say that. It's funny because yeah. my numbers continue to grow. It's true. My bank account continues to grow. The sales continue to grow true so there's got to be some sort of recipe to that i think it's like just the Agreed. new age of business yeah. it's, and that's what i'm saying is the new age the old way is saying well don't, don't you know say. i get i have a lot of clients that are like insurance brokers right or, or or realtors and they try and stay away from certain conversations yeah the reality is like i know who my avatar is i know who pays me i know who wants to do business with me and the truth is i'm not trying to sell you to be my avatar I'm not trying to sell you to become a fan of Sean Whalen. I'm just going to continue to be me. And if you are, you are, you aren't, you aren't. One of the best salesmen that I know is his name is Jess Green. And he was one of the top Mercedes Benz dealer or salesman in the Western United States. And he never tried to sell me a car. I mean, I'm, I'm the, I'm his avatar. He never tried to sell me a car, mm-hmm. but why is his name now showing up on this podcast, which has showed up on Andy Fasilla's podcast? Why do I constantly reference that guy as one of the best salesmen out there? Cause he wasn't trying to sell. Yep. And yet he was one of the top guys. And so when you become unapologetically you and say, well, this is a comedy show. This, this show is whatever the fuck I want it to be. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't mm-hmm. like it, go to a different show. Yeah. But when you, when you operate that way, it's liberating. It's free. Yeah. You're not trying to sell anybody. I don't need you to be my fan and to be a, 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 a huge, like, you know, I'm a huge follower of this. I don't care if you are or you aren't. I'm just going to continue to be me. And the like-minded people tend to be in my space. Mm-hmm. And the people that are butt-sore or offended aren't. And it's exactly. great. Yeah. Love it. And, love and it. truth be told, if you are in my space, you are a fan. So all these <laughs> trolls, people say, how do you oh, deal I'm with the trolls fan. and all this other stuff? Yeah. No, but, but think about it. How many people troll you and say oh. shit that you, yeah, this, that, or the other? Tons. Tons. If they're in your space, they're a fan. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, there's no such thing as a hater. There's no such thing as a troll. Yeah. If you're showing up on my social media, I won. I, I unfriended you. on. I won. 
I unfriended you. I don't blame you. I no, not <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, but not, not not because I don't like. It's not like a dislike. It's because I was distracted by your social media. Why is that? I don't know. You I know just, why? Yeah. The, why? You know why? Come on, man. Why? Hey, this is all truth. Let me right think. Now. Why? Why did you unfollow? Because I was distracted True. by your posts. Why? You weren't distracted by them because you have thousands of posts or hundreds of posts show up every single day. Why did you unfollow? Wasn't distraction. What was mm, it? That's a good question. You know the answer. I, I well, I'm thinking about what exactly it was. I don't know. I just unfollowed followed you, you a lot of coaches. No, Why? I unfollowed a lot Why? of coaches. Why? I have no idea. Other you know, than this is getting real. I know. I'm, I no, I'm, I I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I love ask, this. Truth I'm, right I'm here. literally asking myself why. You know why? I know. I'm just trying to think of like. No, you're just not willing is. to tell the truth. It's okay. We're what the fuck? I'm <laughs> trying to word it. I'm trying to word it. No, this is very safe. No, I just like in my mind. I think I was. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was just an insecurity. Bingo. Yeah, that's okay. Which is fine. But, it's truth. But I also yeah. knew that. I also it's knew. Truth. I also you knew. You get triggered. You can say like, you know what? You pissed me off. Or you can say you said some shit that I didn't like. Or maybe I was hanging out with people that you knew, and I didn't like your story. I didn't like this. Maybe, or I don't know. or maybe I was triggered. I was going through my own shit because I did that. A hundred percent did that. Because when you, know you what get was? exposed to some things, what happens? Yeah. What happens? And people talk about this, and this this is a good lesson for no, coaching. Yeah. A couple years ago, a buddy was like, dude, you like a light switch. What the mm -hmm. fuck are you talking about? You've heard me share this, I think. Yeah. When you're lay, you're in a dark room, right? When, remember back in high school, mom would come in and rip off the covers in the middle of the winter and flip the lights, and you're like, no, mom, shut it off. Fuck the light. Oh, hurt. The worst. It was the, the worst. worst. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. worst, right? Yeah. Imagine being in a dark room, right? You talked about where you were. I knew where you were. I yeah. knew exactly where you were. I know yeah. why you unfollowed me. Yeah. I know exactly why you unfollowed me, and you know exactly why. Because you were in a really, really, really dark fucking place. Right. And what happens when the light comes on? Or what happens when it's somebody like shines shocking. a light? It's like, yeah, it it's fucking shocking. hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hate it. You don't want it. Mm -hmm. You want to shut the lights back off. And you want to go back to being under the covers. And that's fine. Yeah. I spent much of my life in that space. I spent much of my life in that space. And I realized, like, that's exactly why you did. And that's fine. It's not right yeah. or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's right. what happens. And I have that happen over and over and over. People will join my coaching program. And two months in, they're like, fuck you, I'm out. And they'll leave. And then a year later, they'll be like, dude, I had to leave because you literally like, it was like a blinding light shining yeah. right at my shit. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I ran. Yeah. And that's fine. Now you know that. Mm -hmm. So then now the question is, what are you going to do with it? Right. Well, now I what mean, are you going to do with it? Because cause I did the exact same thing. Well, yeah. And I also knew that I had your number. If I wanted to like really connect or like do anything, I would shoot your text too i have mad respect for you right now matt just admitting what? that so i just want you to know well no i mean like i think that's awesome that you admitted so that. so what it was is i was going through my divorce and then you sent me a message we had a conversation and then after i was just like it was in my head and it was like holding me back from moving forward in a sense because then all i felt like I was unworthy and that I was insignificant and that I wasn't capable of doing my own shit. So I had to like block that out so I could go past it and prove to myself that I could. And that's what I did. It was never against Sean. I knew, mm -hmm. I know Sean's message. I know, I know what Sean's mm -hmm. all about. And I knew that he's a text message away. I was like, dude, bro, I could call him. He was like right up the road from me. 
I, I know Sean. God, I'm getting emotional right now. I have no <laughs> fucking reason. What I, the I, fuck's I, happening to I, me? No, <laughs> no, I know how Sean plays the game. I've known him for like six or seven years now. I know how he plays the game. But I had to like put on blinders so that I could get out of my own fucking head to move forward, to do something, to have the courage to do it and learn for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to go through my own journey mm-hmm. and I knew Sean wasn't going to help me. But all I would hear is like, Sean just thinks I'm a fucking pussy and I can't do shit. And so I Which block I think it. you're making it in your, your own head. Of course it is. Obviously. Of course it is. And Sean that's doesn't the, come across that way. But. No, that's what you have to get over though. Yeah. You have to like push through that shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And kudos to you for doing that, Matt, number one. Number two, kudos for you for saying that. But that is, it's such a fucking poignant lesson when you think about it. Because there's light switches everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's people that come into our lives for a reason. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is something I've learned about myself as a coach. I, a lot of people see my social media and you're an asshole, you're this, you're that, you're the other. And, and the truth is, like, anybody that knows me, mm-hmm. like, you sat with me and know yeah, me. Like, I know like, you. Like, that, that's the reality. And I want people to win. Yeah. Like I do what I do so people will win, but I also realize that there's a time and a place for a hug and there's a time and a place for a punch in the freaking mouth. Yeah. And what I have found is like that light is very, very, very blinding to a lot of people. And I get that and I empathize with that because for much of my life, I was in that dark room. Right. And anybody that showed up that was like flipping out, I'm like, whoa, motherfucker, get out of here. You don't know me. <laughs> yeah. Don't pretend you know me. Don't da 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 da. And yeah. I ran from it, hid from it. Didn't want it in my space, whether it was because it triggered me, whether it's because I was mad. I secretly knew inside like what the truth was yeah. with that. And well, that's what's dope about it is, is yeah. as a coach, as a coach, you can step into it and say, now you have experience with that. Yep. And this is what I truly love about coaching and being in this space is having been through the divorce and the bankruptcy and all of these things, having put a nine millimeter in my mouth, having had darkness and depression having been in a in a traumatic trauma bond relationship having been lied to cheated on having done just all of the 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 self-sabotaging things that i could do to myself like i get it yeah and now i have connection to people right now i can empathize with people i can literally talk about what it's like to be depressed yeah i can literally talk about what it's like to be cheated on or lied to or have your heart broken or feel like you can't fucking move like you literally feel like there's an elephant on your chest where you can't breathe yeah i know exactly what that's like yeah and that's what's dope about that is you can yeah. you can be in that space yeah that was really white yeah i was like what are you doing that i didn't know if he was like fist pumping me or not i was uh, like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what'll happen is you start and continue to shine your light that right. will happen and now you can see that in people and go Right, I know exactly why you did that. No, it, my coaching is significantly more powerful with my clients because of everything, and like when I say distraction, that's what I mean. Like because like growing up, I that's all I heard from my parents. So it was like I was hearing everyone's voices at the time, and I had to mute it because I couldn't get past it until I muted it, and I had to just say fuck everyone. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do it my way. You know, and that's what I did. I'm going to create my own beliefs. I'm going to create my own identity until I fucking own it. I don't want anyone in my space, you know, and that's really what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, good. It's powerful. Not yeah. very many people do that. We'll stay connected to toxic people just because we're afraid of yeah. being alone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's wild. I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long time because I have abandonment issues because my mom left. So yeah. But I knew. I mean, why are you, like, so, why are you, you know, emotional? I'm fucking. I don't know. For some reason, like this conversation with Matt, like coming out and admitting this, and like it just was so powerful to me. 
and like seeing then you're you're talking and then like oh my i don't know i don't know what's going on i, mean, I think i'm about to start repairing or something i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen <laughs> i'm really like it was just touching to me just to see the conversation between you two right now in this we've, moment we've had multiple conversations like this where he's okay i'm talking about the now right yeah. now but i mean like yeah yeah but i i just was so cool to witness this right now and i just it wasn't like sad tears it was just i was just overwhelmed with emotion and i'm a woman and so the, the you know <laughs> that comes down you know out of my eyes these whatever they call these tears they call tears <laughs> so i just thought it was really cool to witness that just now it's cool holding yeah. holding space is something that i'm i'm learning a lot about and it's something that is really difficult mm -hmm. to do um especially when you're you have a huge ego like me right mm -hmm. i want to i knew exactly where you were and i, I read know. your posts I and you i knew 95 percent it was bullshit and it was you just yeah. trying to mask the pain. Yeah, right. And it was true. Right. I saw it from a million miles away. Yeah. And I want to step in. I want to be like, dude, what the fuck, man? Pull your head out. Do this. <laughs> da, 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 da. But like holding space for somebody is is a really, really, really powerful thing. And like he said, like I knew that the phone call was there, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you use it or don't, whether yeah. it doesn't matter. But for me, I've realized that like in this space, like I have the opportunity to share what God's telling me to share. And that's what I choose to do every day. That's what you choose to do, right? It's what you choose to do with right. the, the megaphone that we have of social media, whether it's blogging, vlogging, uh, whatever it is, right? And I realize, like, I'm not changing people. You can't change anybody. Right. And I think that's what you see with a lot of, in, especially in the coaching space, a lot of broke coaches. You're trying to, I'm trying to convince you of my ways. Yeah. And what I have found is that it's a far more peaceful existence and and an enjoyable way to build a business and to live life to just do my thing. And the people that want to be part of it will, and the people that won't, won't, you know, yeah. but being able to hold space, sometimes that sucks because you have to let people go through shit. Yeah. And I'm yeah. watching your stuff and reading your posts and I'm like, dude, Matt, just fucking tell the truth, man. Yeah. Tell, mm -hmm. tell people you're mm -hmm. fucking hurting yeah. and, and all of the posts and the whole thing. And, and I love the experience of that simply because I know that in order for me to have the knowledge that I have now, I had to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. We try and skirt the pain. We try and push the pain away. We try and not experience the pain. Yeah. And then we end up being completely fucked. Mm -hmm. Pain's good. Yeah. It teaches it us a lot. Like pain is really, really good. It's how yeah. you grow mm -hmm. your muscles. Yep. You know, it, it, it's, it's, we avoid this stuff so much and somehow expect that we're going to get this huge return and this huge dividend. Right. Yeah. And I have found that like, it's a really cool in some demented way. It's, it's a really fun and cool experience to step back and watch someone experience pain. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like, like so much. I literally, the, the, I mean, you guys saw us doing the ice bath with the thing with the kids. I was going to ask day. about that. Like, so why good. do you even My do My kids yeah. were in so much pain and panic and frantic. And I was like smiling ear to ear the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, just be in it, experience it. Then my kid, one of the youngest was crying. He's just not having it. And I'm loving the experience because, I mean, ice baths have phenomenal yeah. benefits for your body. They're great for your mind. The whole Wim Hof breathing thing is, is brilliant. It's, I mean, I strongly encourage people to look it up and, and do it. But, like, watching my kids be in pain, I just sat there and held that space. Yeah. I wasn't telling them, you know, jump out. Da, da, da. It was just like, be with this right now. Experience this right now. And then what happens is on the flip side, you're like, oh. I didn't die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got through that. All right. Yep. Now what? Sure. Now what's the next level? What's the next level? You know what I mean? And so yeah, watching yeah. someone and holding space for someone that you know, someone that you know is struggling, mm -hmm. it's a really, really, really powerful thing to do. 
Yeah. yeah. It really is. I mean, like, yeah, it was like a gift. And, you know, that's, the, I gained far more confidence doing that because I can own it. And I say, though, this is the shit that I went through. You know, mm-hmm. this is the, the, I was fucked up in the head, like, for so many times. And I had to go through this and I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, like, it was never like, oh, I hate Sean. Like, because I was like, Sean's Sean. I know, I know what Sean's doing. And so, um, yeah, so I just like block. No, I didn't. I didn't block. I just deleted. You know, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I just wrote a, a post today on, um, on holding space, and especially in a relationship, and how important that is to learn. And that's what I learned in any kind of relationship is learning how to hold space. Stop trying to fucking change people. Learn how to like hold space and let people be. Mm-hmm. You're, they're gonna yes, learn, yes. or they're, they're not. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't save people. You can't go and try to be saved like it, you'll 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 take away the valuable lesson from them if you go and try to save them yeah so actually mm-hmm. and i talked about this on the podcast yesterday like we all have shitty days like just go have your shitty day cool i mean we we we're, our communication is so open where i tell him like i'm having a really fucked day right now that this is not this has nothing to do with you i'm gonna go get my shit right and i'll be back she's like cool Go. That's awesome. That's and and that's like next she level. She doesn't hold that against you. <laughs> no, she doesn't, but, like, she doesn't no, think, oh no, my no, gosh, no. she wants right. to be away from me. Or what's wrong, or he's yeah. lying, or he's cheating, or what's going on. I don't know if I'm, I'm there, to be honest, I don't know if I'm there yet. Like if you're like, I need just need to go away. I think, what did I do wrong? And you go into scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and here's, you know, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole, but like <laughs> that has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with you. 100%. Your abandonment, you're this, you're that. Mm-hmm. And and what I have found and what I absolutely love, and we talk about this on, on the podcast, Saxony and I yesterday. Like when you look at the, the four agreements, what Don Miguel Ruiz wrote, it's without question one of the most powerful books ever written on communication. So like when you have enough trust, like you know that you're in a game, it's clearly orated, like Saxony with that experience. Like she and I had never had a conversation about being exclusive. She said that she wanted to be all in and that that was what her choice was. But we had never had a conversation about not dating anybody else, about not being anywhere else, not doing anything like that. So when we had that chat that night, it was like, she's like, you're not lying to me. You're not cheating on me. You're not whatever. We never had any of this established. This is what this is. And it's true. She's like, so how can I be upset at you for this or this or this or this when that was never established? So when you look at like that holding space, Mm -hmm, like I have shitty days. Just let me have my shitty day. Mm -hmm. And then it's on me to do my work to exactly. get me right it's yeah, on yeah. you to you you do your work comes back you're fine he's fine and, and it's yeah. a really 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 next level oh yeah that experience is. and it's fun as shit still yeah. learning that's that's why i told you that the other day i was like i just know i'm having a shitty day i was yeah. like i'm 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 an asshole today. Yeah. yeah. I have them all the time. But it's yeah. a little hard though when you're podcasting and I, you're having a bad I, day. I know. I warned you though. <laughs> it's I warned really you hard to joke it. with you, Matt, and you're like well, fuck you, Becca. I did not say that. Basically, though. It's just hard. It's hard with the, when we got to be funny on the podcast. But I get it. I get it. And it's it's real. It's real. Everybody has shit days. And that's why I left in you making certain jabs and remarks at me. I left it fucking in the podcast. I, I don't. Yeah, I did. Hmm. I did. And I told you what I thought of it. Uh, so if you guys don't have any other questions for Sean or Sean, if you have anything else to say. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate you so much. And I'm a huge fan of your, of you. yours. I don't. I just, I love everything that you stand for. I love the relationship that you have with Sax. Uh, I can't, I hope I get to meet her. Um, you will, for sure. I, I just think you're awesome and I'm a friend. Thank you. So I appreciate you it. I'm glad to. I guess we need yeah. some appa- apparel in here too. I'm glad social yeah, media connected us for sure. 